0: How has running saved my life? Well, I actually think that mountains have maybe saved my life more and um, the vehicle really, for me, is running because what I discovered very quickly was that I needed to spend more time seeing more of big hills and wide spaces in Scotland and that made me feel... A lot better about life um, and running is definitely the best way for me to do that so yeah running I guess in one way has helped me to uh, be a better person and definitely has made my life better I don't, I don't actually know what I would do if I couldn't run in the mountains I certainly wouldn't be able to do as much as I would want
1: Hello, welcome to episode 12 of the Explore Running podcast, I'm joined again by Jenny, she's back from whatever she was doing last time, I can't remember what it was, and we are totally delighted to be joined by Damien Hall, or otherwise known as Ultra Demo, one of uh, the UK's uh, best and well-known, uh, best-known ultra runners. so hi Damien. Hello, that was very kind, thanks, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Yeah, we're delighted to have you. And um thank you so much for joining us. It was fairly short notice as well, and you just I think the time had worked so it was perfect. So um yeah, where do we start with, with you? I mean there's so many things we can talk about. Um it might be a good idea to give us a bit of an introduction um about you as a runner, and how did you get started? That's the usual way of things I suppose.
2: Uh well, yeah, I, I guess I have to stop saying I'm new to this, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but it's still been less than, sort of, less than a decade. Um, uh, well, I suppose, I suppose I sort of ran at school a little bit. like, um, Well, I, w- I was obsessed with football, so I, I preferred to run when there was a ball involved. Um, but then I remember in sixth form, all, you know, a lot of the other kids discovered cider and cigarettes be- before I did. So I, suddenly there was a year or two where I was okay, simply because of all the good kids had stopped running. Um, so I'm out, I, did, I did win some local cross country races around there, but not very expensive, just, just two or three schools running against the other sort of things. Um, but then I remember I had some sort of um, teenage rebel without a cause sort of slot because I wasn't picked I wasn't picked for the next team or something one year and then the next year I won all three of the, of the three races and they picked me and I just said oh no thanks. And I've no, idea, I've no idea why I did that, but um, I just kind of thought I was, you know, sod it, they didn't pick me last time. I, I'm not, and then I just didn't run again, I just played football for 20 years, um, and I was rubbish at football, so that's a bit frustrating that I put so much effort into that when I wasn't very good. But then in 2011, I did the Bath half, um, uh, just kind of on a whim, I was feeling a bit unfit, and in Bath, where I was living, it's quite a big deal, it's, you know, it's a huge event here. Um, and I just loved it and thought, I want to do more of this. Um, so I signed up. So this sort of the next year I was doing my first marathon and my first ultra, uh, this is 2012 and just, yeah, just totally fell. Well, I, you know, the marathon was, I suppose, a love, hate thing. I don't know what it was like for you guys. If, well, even if you've done a road marathon, but it was kind of love, hate. And then I did mm-hmm. a first ultra. And it was like, oh, I love this. No, this is this is the thing I want to do. Um, you know, mostly because of the eight stations, they're a lot better stocks, a lot more jelly babies. <laughs> so how how how
1: quickly did, did you go from that half marathon and doing ultras? ultra? sounded quick,
2: quick. Yeah, the, it was the next year. The next year, uh, yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, my first half was 20, 2011, and my first marathon and ultra were twenty twelve. Um, yeah, yeah, I just I I really loved it straight away. I think I just it just suited me. I must admit, I became a parents around the same time so it did kind of the, the reality was that like it's a great sport for fitting in around family in that yeah you can get up at five if yeah. um, yeah, you have yeah. to and run or you can wait till they're all in bed and then you can run whereas yeah. say football, organised football it's always going to be a certain time to train a certain time but of course it's a rubbish sport to come and watch because you, you sort of ask your family <laughs> to hang around in the rain for an hour to watch you go pi- past by you know for ten seconds yeah. and then you kind of expect them to hang around at the finish line as well to cheer you in uh, yeah, um, you know, and and so it's not a fun spectator sport. I really, I don't think. But other than that, it's great. So,
1: so I, I I've fairly similar. I I wasn't good at cross country running in school. I didn't win any races, but you know, I did the odd cross country race, and then I played football for most of my life, and then I started uh-huh. running just before I became a parent. So I'm hoping that that means it's going to translate into me being an awesome ultra-runner in a couple of years' time. <laughs> it definitely means I'm sure you uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <True>. Magic
3: recipe. <laughs> yeah,
1: it sounds like it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just... Um, what was that first ultra-race,
2: did you say? The first one I did, um, it was actually kind of a, uh, a bit of serendipity. It, w- it was the wall... Um, it t- the two, it was a two-day version of The Wall. I don't know if they still do a two-day. But actually, I, I was pestering. I'm, I'm a sort of journalist sometimes as well. And I was pestering a magazine to let me write about, you know, this wonderful new thing I've discovered, you know, running um, and how I was in love with it. And I kept pestering this editor. Um, and he said, oh, okay, I'll give in. I'm going to, you know, please write a running story for us, but not not, not about you running a marathon. We want, we're we going to send you on your first ultra marathon.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: there was, of, there was a bit of kind of luck in a way, but at the same time I, I do feel like I would have gravitated that way because what I can see now is I already really loved long, well trekking, so I, I loved going for you know several days at a time, I'd walk the Pennine Way, I'd walk coast to coast in England in, I've done lots of long walks in New Zealand, Australia, Himalayas um, I've done the Inca trail walks, so I really enjoyed long days out in lumpy places I suppose mm-hmm. um, but I was getting more and more competitive with them so I was starting to do things like and this again, I didn't know about ultra running, but I was doing—I don't know—the National Three Peaks Challenge, the Yorkshire Three Peaks as a as a walk, um, the Welsh Three Thousands, is it Three Thousands? I think. Any any kind of challenge walk I could find, I was doing those. So I, it's very similar. I mean, as we know, ultra running—you know—it's it's, it's half of it, it's walking anyway, isn't it? So it's. Um, I was already doing those things, you know, before I really realised there was this sport, really that that you could do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, lo- I still love it now. I just, just love everything about it, really. Um, but I suppose most, above all, it's the, I suppose it's being in being in scenic places. I suppose above all, but then, but then, pushing yourself a bit, exercising, getting a bit hot and sweaty, and a few chafes, and having a good chuckle about it afterwards. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah sure. I would agree. Is it yeah. the same for you, Jenny?
0: Yeah, very much, very much so. Yeah, I just love the freedom of being in amazing places. I was I was a big walker as well before I started running. It's, uh, it's similar. I started uh, getting into the bigger stuff after my kids were born too. I just really enjoyed maximising the time that I had um doing as much as I could in a shorter period of time. So running really was the way forward. And. Keeping up with Cheek of Edinburgh kids as well. That's what inspired me. That's what got me into navigating and going into Ah. mountains was chasing, you know, really healthy six-year people ramping about the Scottish Cairngorms.
4: Oh, right. (laughs) And I just
0: fell in love love with running. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good thing to do, I think. It's very good for your everything, physical and mental health, you know. There's nothing better.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting that all the... same similar parallels we've got isn't it um yeah. and it, you, I, there was some research out what about a year ago or so like um i think it was trying to find the typical ultra runner um and they were nearly all sort of middle aged um <laughs> yeah it well, obviously it's more male than female but hopefully that's changing but um but it was kind of middle-aged white guy middle class um, you know, with a family, it was all very. And I suppose you see it in the cycling as well. Um, yeah. It, you could say that's a different world, but in a way, it's a similar thing of of people often of sort of, you know, middle age wanting to get you know get some exercise in or something. Um, except they seem to want to stay on the roads, which is strange to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, And quite. sit down a lot, but
1: um, yeah, I mean, no, it's good there,
2: stuff. There must, of, uh, there must
1: be an element of there must be an element of midlife crisis being thrown in there and
2: uh, the
1: big challenge element of ultra running and some of these big ultra races cost quite a lot of money so you need to have a bit of disposable income to, to enter them unless you can get uh, magazines to send you there and get you to write about it I suppose <laughs>
3: there <laughs> are ways though there are ways <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
2: well I would say yeah I mean some are ex- some seem expensive like the spine race is a lot of money yeah. but, but some, some aren't too bad I mean even yeah. Even UTMB is is for for what you get. It's not. I'm not here to be a, an advocate for that race in particular. But um, we'll say the Highland Fling is is really cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot. I think when I did it, it was about thirty five quid or something. I think.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know. Um, like, and it it's, it's a wonderful event for that for that money. It's um, that one yeah. that one's very good value. I suppose, um, I, mean, I suppose. if you
1: look at it for pound pound for a minute, so it's probably
2: cheaper anyway. You know, I think, think
1: it was
2: I remember yeah. someone did a website uh, a few years ago rating all the different ultras on pound, you know, getting your money's worth on like pound <laughs> yeah. pound a mile. I can't remember what the winner was, but um, um,
3: yeah,
2: uh, yeah. But the mid the midlife crisis thing, yeah, definitely comes into it for me. I think, but. It hasn't really worked. That's why I've had to go for a comedy midlife crisis haircut to, to, <laughs> to, to top, top it all off. <laughs> um, so it's not, it's not I, working. I, I, I couldn't have that comedy
1: midlife crisis because that's a bit that's going bald as a bit up the middle. So, yeah. Well, it hasn't stopped <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, I,
2: I'm struggling, definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. You've got a good healthy beard there, an admirable uh, yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's buddy. a quality beard, actually. That's, uh, that's, yeah, I, I entered my first ultra race um, last week. So I've had to bush out my beard Ooh. a little bit.
2: So. Yes, yeah, it is important <laughs> a good ultra beard. Oh, which one uh, have you entered?
1: Uh, the Cataran Trail, 55 miler in uh, okay. Blair Gowdy in Scotland. So it was um, <clears throat> it was uh, not a midlife crisis, but it was a it was a crisis of I've been training for uh, sort of 10k. Uh, running in the early part of this year, I've got a marathon later in the year. But I was focusing on 10k training, and then I got um, I got ill with a sore throat and everything last week, and I didn't get to do my race. That I trained pretty well for and I was pissed off. And just an ultra, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that went. I like it. I
0: think you hang around to the wrong people, Callum.
1: <laughs> yeah, the last, the, last few episodes, the last few episodes <laughs> of this have all, all been about ultra running, and uh, yeah, I've, I've found myself <laughs> entering, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but it's only a couple of months away, so I don't have an awful long time to get myself up to speed, but um, we'll, we'll see how we get on with that. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I, I totally forgot. The first question I was supposed to ask you, which is the the, the sort of one question I tried to ask everyone, is what is your funniest funniest running related story? And I do normally give everyone a bit of warning about this, but I totally
2: forgot to tell you in advance. <laughs> so a funny oh. running story would be. Well um go? yeah, I'm on the spot a little bit. Yeah, uh, you are. I am. But <laughs> oh, well I could I suppose I could mention too. The first thing that sprang to mind actually wasn't directly me but it was the second time I did the spine race. Um, my good friend, uh, who I don't normally mention, but, but my good friend Tim Laney, uh, who's been a big, big inspiration mm-hmm. to me, um, he's done a lot of big ultra, ultra marathons, including sort of hard rock and, and things like that. Um, he, we're running the spine race partly together. We see each other at times. But anyway, he caught up with me near the end, uh, in the middle of the night, and um, he said, oh, I just ran into a cow. Um, <laughs> So he was so tired that he just <laughs> ran into the side of a cow. Um, oh, Which I kind of, in a way, summed up the spine race to me and that just these incredibly surreal things happen to you. But also, when he told me that, I was just like, oh, Because right, I was just so tired. <laughs> 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 and then later on, I sort of <sighs> said,
4: what did you say two hours ago?
2: I ran into a cow. <laughs> what? But, um, Brilliant. Possibly, possibly the... Uh, the the most amusing thing that's happened to me was possibly that first marathon um, where I, I did run it dressed as a toilet um, because I was running for water Aid because I had a charity place and I thought my friends wouldn't... I had to raise, I think, two grand or something, maybe a grand. Yeah. But I just thought my friends won't sponsor me unless I do something, you know, a bit wacky. So I had to... You had this sort of toilet suit on um, which was was wasn't as bad as it sounds in terms of, like, you could actually run okay in it um, but you did get a lot of people shouting, shouting funny things at you. But they were all exactly the same, and it was <laughs> you look a bit flushed, mate. Um, so you know, the first <laughs> ten miles, quite funny. Yeah. If you bear in mind, it's more a marathon's more than ten miles. Yeah. Less funny as you get as you carry on, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs>
1: like like everything, um, if it gets repeated, um, people are sh- even just cheering your name or something it gets a bit tedious if you're getting tired. Um, is that? So is that the Brighton Marathon? I'm looking at your power of 10, actually, in the, in the screen behind Ooh. me. Was that the Brighton Marathon in 2012?
2: <laughs> it was, yes.
1: So you, you ran Dress as a Toilet, and you ran 3.17. That's quite impressive.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I suppose it was okay. I mean, I was quite enthusiastic. I mean, I guess I was new to running, but I would still I was still playing football around that time, which I suppose I now see as, as speed work. Um, yeah. So I would still, I, I'd maybe run once a week, maybe twice, and then I'd play football two or three times as well. So I was fairly active, um, mm-hmm. and I definitely, I, I hit the wall big time. Like, I'd only run 17 miles in training. That was my longest run, so exactly on 17 miles in the race, bam. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Suddenly, everything was much, much more difficult than, than it had been. Um, and, yeah, I definitely slowed down a lot there. I think I was um, I was ahead of the kind of three, there was a marker, you know, a pacer guy, and I was ahead of the 315, if I remember by, by a few minutes, but yeah, they slowly, slowly overtook me. But um, yeah, a learning curve, I suppose, that day. Yeah, yeah. A, l- a learning curve. Not, me, not, uh, to, not to, run to run after the toilet so much, but um. yeah. <laughs> Well, if, <laughs> the, the, first,
1: the first marathon is a learning curve if, if you uh, if you have any idea what you're doing. But I guess for a lot of us, first marathon. Well, my first marathon, I ran um, for 440. Eight or something with uh, like next to no training, you know. Just the same year, actually 2012, I did the Edinburgh marathon in 4:48, I think. And three three years later, with a bit of training, I did a three with three at the same race. So it's oh. like, ah. <laughs> it's a bit, yeah. Shows out what some doing some actual training can do, but uh, that
4: was
1: uh, that wasn't a fun day out, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that. Yeah, that is quite funny. They, um, I like the running into a cow story. That does sound like your sort of overnight ultra-type story. Right? Yeah. Just, running, just running straight into a cow or something. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty so, good thing uh, to
2: find. <coughs>
1: uh, so, I, there was one thing I was going to ask you about. We, we try to have a theme on each um, episode of the podcast and um, the theme that we chose, which I'm sure you'll be able to give us some chat about, is uh, trail running in Scotland in particular. So obviously you're not based in Scotland, but I, I guess you have done a fair bit of trail running up here, north of the border in your races. So um, what's your favourite
2: trail in Scotland that you've run? Oh well, there were th- there were kind of three sprints to mind. Yeah, I, I would actually say the Highland Fling is probably my favourite u k. race actually mm. but, oh wow but that said, i love that I love the atmosphere there, and I love the organization of the race, and you can really tell the you know um johnny Johnny Fling and and other sort of people <laughs> that work with him they really you know, they just love it, and they, you can really tell it really makes a difference um but also yeah. I, actually, if I'm totally honest, the actual route is a bit flat for me. there aren't enough lumps. there's only really <laughs> one hill, so um I love the race, I could definitely see myself doing it again. Um, but I do prefer a lumpier route. So I've done I've done a Charlie Ramsey round, which is is very yeah really dramatic. Um, <laughs> <That's> really brutal. <laughs> yes, Have you done one?
0: Uh, I've not done it, but I've, re- I've been wrecking it and uh, oh, nice. yeah, a little bit terrifying.
2: <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it tough. is really hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely tougher I'd than. I take than my than hat off
0: to you all. Honestly.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it was a tough a tough day out, but w- I think we had a good weather if I remember and it was um when did we do it? Like Aprilish, maybe Aprilish a few yeah. years ago. I mean just but just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous and it just feels so much more remote than say the Bob Graham especially um
4: mm-hmm. you know,
2: you really don't see you hardly see a road and and you hardly see a house for most of it. Um yeah. it's beautiful. Um but then I've probably if I'm not being too greedy here, I probably <laughs> trump those two um in my own personal running sort of history, with uh, running the Cape Wrath Trail. Yeah, with, I, thought,
1: um, I thought you were going to that, actually.
2: Yeah, I was being a bit greedy there, go for free. But, um, my, with my good friend Beth Pascal in, when was it? Not last winter, not last December, the one before. Um, and we ran, yeah, early December we ran it. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, in December it's dark quite a lot. But when it was light it was very beautiful and some of the some of the night time were beautiful too but um that was just absolutely gorgeous um and we were again actually we were really lucky with the weather like we had a lot of um yeah i mean hardly any rain you know when it was daylight we normally had good views if i remember yeah i don't think we ever had like you know heavy clag or Mm. you know we normally had views you know so many so many deer so many just golden golden glens that were just go on forever it was uh, mm-hmm. yeah beautiful and again you, you'd see, we'd see one or two people a day sort of thing um, really stunning like I know there's the multi-stage race on the same route which um, you know I haven't done but I, it's very appealing now now that I know the route uh, I mean some of the yeah. train is, is really tough but yeah gorgeous I think and that's probably the, the most remote you can get in the UK I suppose without going off to faraway islands maybe but um, yeah, yeah it's beautiful it's a you, tough
0: route it's a really tough route
2: have you, have you done the race
0: I've not. I've um there's been a couple of mountain marathons I've been through that terrain and oh, wow. a couple of times and I've been with my friend she's been like oh this is part of the Cape Wrath trail and every time it's always been at a really hard point <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so in fog or on some like non trail <laughs> so yeah Yeah It's pretty crazy Yeah I'd love to do extreme. it one day
2: How long is that Cape Wrath trail I think it's 230 miles around that
0: yeah
2: so it's uh, yeah you might you might not fit it into an afternoon (laughs) yeah Uh, it was
0: amazing watching you guys doing that i was uh following you on the tracker and uh, it was just phenomenal you are absolutely incredible it was it's just been i i feel a bit like a a tracker stalker because i seem (laughs) to constantly be following you and tracking you your Paddy Buckley was incredible. I told my kids at school about it as well, oh. so I've got have t- got two questions um, from my school oh.
2: kids that I oh. have to ask oh, well. for oh, the yes. end. Well, <laughs> well we do, questions now. from kids are usually the yeah. toughest questions, actually, so I'm quite nervous. Yeah,
0: now. well, they're quite they're they they're really into it. So I've been um, watching your posts, and we teach about the sustainable goals and the kids have got really into it and we're oh. do, we've got a class called learning for sustainability wow. um, so they chose to, well we've been doing a lot of work with plastics but they were getting really bored um, of the usual, you know, oh, we've got to recycle and yeah. reduce and reuse. So, I, I let them choose what they wanted to do so we watched some of the video links and we read some of the articles that you'd put on from the Guardian oh. um, and they got really really into it and then I told them about your um, your round um, and we watched a bit of it on the tracker whilst you are running so I've got 18 of my kids I was like look there he is, Here's the man that's inspired all the videos so Aww. they were really really chuffed. But they were, they just can't, well they think it's ridiculous, they can't believe it. <laughs> um, and uh, they have a few questions, one is, do you use any plastics at all? So they were interested to know, in your life now, since you started to look at uh, how you live more sustainably, um, do you avoid plastics at all? Um, do you still buy food that's in plastics and when you did your race, um, how aware of the use of plastics were you? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that that's a really great question. Um, let me think. So, yeah, with that, when I did the winter paddy buckley round, I, I just thought, I wonder if I could do it. Well, it was actually, I was helping someone else on a round in the summer, and I just thought, there's so much plastic waste here. Just, you know, because um, yeah. we're always having, you know, bars and, and bottles of this and that and packs of crisps. And, and I, I just, like, I wasn't criticizing anyone else, but I just thought, look at the waste we create from all of this. You know, c- mm. could, could we do a bit better? Um, and I just thought, well, I'll look into, could I fuel myself around a winter paddy round without any plastic waste. Um, and I just thought, I just said it as a challenge myself, how easy is that to do? Um, so I kind of thought, okay, well, two or three bananas, that's easy. Well, as long as they don't arrive in plastic, of course. So luckily we <laughs> have, I don't know if this is available all around the country, but we have a, a company here called uh, Riverford. They deliver organic, sort of mostly local food. So it's, Yeah, um, we have
0: similar things. Okay. Yeah, we, we have a lot of farm shop deliveries. Round yeah. here, so you, you can get food without sh- it being in packaging, which
2: is quite Okay. Good. Well, it sounds like a very similar, similar idea. Yeah. So yeah, it comes in a box and there's almost no plastic, um, possibly no plastic at all, but no plastic. So yeah, there's no plastic on my bananas. Um, then I found some bit of internet research very quickly. I got some chocolate that ha- you could recycle all the wrappers. Um, so I thought, well, that's two things. And then I made some, and then I, actually, I went, oh, maybe I could even do it with no animal products. So I made some, so they were vegan, and then I made vegan, well, my wife made <laughs> some vegan brownies. Um, what else did I do? I used, yeah, I made some trail mix, because I needed something salty, but I went to, went to a local health food shop and got it from, like, a dispenser, so I didn't buy it in a plastic bag. Um, uh, some penny sweets from the post office, so that I could put them in a paper bag.
4: Now, what I I would do,
2: now, obviously, uh, if it rained, that would all get wet. So I had to put that in a plastic, like in a small plastic bag, but I, I like, reused a plastic bag, and I've reused it again since. So so I, oh. what I thought was, like, little, I did need to use a little bit of plastic, but I didn't create plastic mm-hmm. waste deliberately from, you know, from that. So hope, hopefully that still stands up to, to, to that. And then what else did I use? I feel like there was something else as well. But then I also thought, well, it means I can't, I could have, I could have sort of, I don't know. You bought some plastic bottles that, you know, chocolate milk and stuff that was recycled plastic. But I thought, actually, yeah. if I can get away, if I can get away with it, then I won't. So I didn't, didn't buy any of that. So I just drank water from streams. That was easy. Um, I think that was all the food I had. Um, Did so I you could, eat yeah, often? Well, I think I was well-fueled most of the time, but I did have a big a big bonk, a big energy crash near the end uh, on Snowdonia. But I still had enough food on me, so I think I'd just forgotten to yeah. eat. So I crammed some yeah. chocolate brownies in. Like I had a big stash of chocolate brownies, like kind of that much chocolate brownies kind of thing. Um, <laughs> okay. and, and my bag of penny sweets was kind of like that. And my bag of oh, mix was kind of like that as well. Um, and then two or three bananas. I think that was all I had. doesn't sound like a lot, does it? Um yeah. oh and then yeah, and then two or three chocolate bars as well. Like when I say chocolate bars I mean like um kind of like you know, a big a decent bar, like, like a slab. Yeah, a slab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a slab. Um yeah. so yeah, so that so I could do that without plastic waste. So that was yeah, I still used two or three plastic bags but I made sure they were either I was either reusing them or they've been used again or hope I think mm-hmm. I think both. Um so that was kind of, even though it's a tiny thing, and it, like it was kind of satisfying to, sh- to see I could do that and, and think, okay, well, I don't need to use as much plastic as maybe I had been. In terms of like everyday life, yeah, it's harder. Um, but, I mean, my wife has probably looked into it more than me, if I'm honest, but she's, you know, we get as many lotions as we can, like from refilling, you know, refilling rather than buying new yeah. bottles. And, and that's shops yeah. around us anyway are getting much, much better at, at doing that so you, you sort of
0: yeah we've got one as well now
3: it's
2: okay. yeah it's got you know it's got to continue to be you know to take off yeah. as both. Um, I'm trying to think what a, oh the big one we did actually we stopped getting milk from the supermarket in plastic and we get it again we get okay. it delivered locally in glass um,
4: ah. now again I don't know
2: if that's still available all the all the way around the country but you'd think you'd hope so but that actually made yeah. a big difference when we look in our sort of recycling bin at the end of the week it's, that's a huge difference, actually, because, you know, the amount of plastic, or, although it's mm-hmm. recycled, like, we have got a friend who works in recycling, and she says recycled plastic is still, like, well, I don't know what her official line is, and I don't want to get her in trouble, but she's like, <laughs> it's still bad, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of it's not recycled or whatever, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's. Imp- I think it's very difficult to not use any plastic at all and not create any plastic waste, but I'd say we've reduced our plastic waste, um, just a guess, by... Hopefully, sixty, 60 or seventy percent in the last probably six months. i, oh, I would well say, done. I uh, bin bags is another one you can get biodegradable bin bags. I'm just looking around the kitchen to see to see what I can um, <laughs> um, think. Um, another big one is yeah, I mean, loads of people do this anyway, but yeah, taking your own water bottle with you, taking your own uh, coffee cup with you. But I think I feel like most people are doing that anyway. Um,
3: yeah, well, but, <laughs> sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean we all forget. Yeah. And that's, but the other thing is, yeah, don't don't be too hard on yourself. Sometimes I forget, and or, or sometimes you know you're really really thirsty. The only option is a a, a plastic water. Like know. you know you don't wanna you don't wanna make yourself ill just by not. But yeah, um, if you yeah I don't know it's hard. Um, but we I suppose we're doing all I can all we can. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. That's right. No, supermarkets are which supermarket was recently decided? Um, they're not going to wrap like if you buy six tins or whatever you, they're not going to wrap it in plastic anymore and stuff um i can't remember which supermarket that was but it does feel like the message is getting out there that supermarkets yeah. are, are getting better at that sort yeah
3: thing. that, that, Absolutely. that might,
1: have, might have been morrison's because they were saying they weren't yeah the they're quite good yeah. plastic anymore but i have been in morrison's supermarket and they do still have like packs of bananas and in plastic packs so i sure i think what they, what they have
0: are. options don't yeah. they and i think People need to be encouraged. um, take that, take the option that doesn't have and then,
4: yeah. you
0: know, people will stop, stop stops it. So the second question, yeah. there was a few few questions that I'm not going to ask, <laughs> one of the ones that was really good was um, they want to, they're doing a project where they're putting a message in a bottle, so they're going to pass this bottle, bottle around our school and then they're hoping to pass around all our little feeder primary schools. And the message wow. is, what message do you have to adults? So they're doing a kid's one, and, but they're doing a teacher one. So they're going to send this around to these teachers, and it's going to have some advice for adults in how to change, because they've identified that actually kids are pretty cool, and they're good for it, but the adults are terrible. Because when they did their survey, it was, it was all the teachers that were, that were sort of showing the bad habits.
2: So you what mean bad your habits in terms piece? of sort of environmental
0: yeah environmental or, yeah, okay,
2: bad yeah, habits yeah. yes okay. <laughs> so
0: in order to change your lifestyle to become um, more supporting of our planet what's your biggest piece of, of advice
2: for somebody to make to start making a change
3: <laughs> gosh that's, um,
2: that's a hard one isn't it <laughs> oh yeah a really easy one we made was um, turn change to a renewable energy supplier it, actually it was just like Oh. pressing a few buttons on the on the internet you know um and it's slightly cheaper so uh, we we, okay. we, we were with i can't remember who see or something southeast electric and i switched to bulb uh and their their electricity is re- renewable energy all 100% renewable energy Their gas i think that's more complicated but their gas is they say it's carbon it's carbon neutral um okay. so so all the energy in our house now is yeah it's not adding to the the problem and it's very slightly different
0: um
2: so yeah. yeah that company is called bulb they're, I'm certainly they're not the only ones oh there's ecotricity of course um yeah so that was quite an easy like you know I did that in ten fifteen minutes that was and, and it was all it's all been seamless that's a really easy one to do um I mean the the big ones i b- I believe I'm not an expert on this i'm, I'm tr- I read about it every day I'm trying to educate myself as much as I can but yeah the two big ones are like if you can fly less but you know, yeah. that's it's not it's not always um, workable for everyone. You know, I want to stop flying, but I'm going to still have to fly sometimes. But I've cut right down. And the other one's a lot more controversial. But it's yeah, if you can, um, you know, apparently if you can, eat, you know, stop eating beef and lamb and, and even mm-hmm. dairy, then that's a huge thing. But that's a lot more controversial, and people, um, yeah, debate that more, and 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 it's a bit more nuanced. I think you know, there's a debate about you know if it's locally local grass grass free beef for example and so yeah. on. And I am not an expert on all of that, but but yeah, it does seem like if the whole world stopped eating beef and lamb and, and dairy or cut down dramatically that would have a big impact um on yeah. emissions. But so that's that's, that's, that's a difficult one for people as well. Um yeah. but yeah the, the, the energy supplies are it was that was a really easy one. So I would I would suggest that oh, one. That's I think.
3: brilliant. And yeah and, and, no and I like also that. the milk
2: the milk one um
3: Yeah I like that. But also
2: our milk our milk do deliver non dairy milks as well so it's um it's, <laughs> yeah, it's good but sorry. <laughs> yeah. anyway
0: so i'll get get back to the get back to the running <laughs> <laughs> running questions now they only had one running question. Um, other than what do you do when you need to poo? But I've ex- I've explained <laughs> that that's, we we had a long long discussion about how you, how you go to the toilet in uh, wild places. So that's that's covered. <laughs> but um, that is the big that is the important
2: that's the important one. I
0: know. They also were very interested in knowing uh, when we watched your dot, It actually bizarrely when we were watching you were um on you were about to go up to the top of snowden oh. um that's when we first we had a look. I can't remember what time that was, but we were having a look then and uh, we discussed after that i I read them a bit of your interview that you'd done and told them about your story and they said what do you do when you feel really miserable when you're running other than eating because we did have a big debate about how often you do need to eat and sugar makes a massive difference but they were like what what do you do when that doesn't work and you're miles and miles and miles away from the finish and you can't stop what do you do
2: well (laughs) that is a good one Um, Nearly as good as the poo question, um, which is probably probably what my kids would ask as well. Um, uh, yeah, and, and the food thing is good because it's a really good mantra. You know, low low mood, eat food because so often you've simply neglected neglected sort of to to get the um, to get the calories in, and, and sometimes having a bit of chocolate. Ten minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm fine. Um, so that's always the first thing to cover off: food and drink. Um, see if that was the problem. If you still feel rubbish. Um yeah you might have to sort of dig into your uh into the mental hard drive i suppose to to see what 's there um, and I think that 's going to be individual for for everyone it 's going to be but hopefully you 've thought about before a tough challenge you 've thought about hopefully what what are the things because it 's going to get tough what are the things you 're going to think about it 's good to plan it in advance almost um, and I must admit for me, it usually is my kids, and I try and think um, you know I, I guess I want them ultimately i suppose. <laughs> to be, to be proud of me and to, I want them to, I want to set a good example to them, I suppose, of, of like, you know, the hard things in life are the things you have to work hardest to get and, and the, you know, and the perseverance, you know, usually pays off in the end, but it can be hard and you can have doubts and so on. So there's lots of, and there's lots of other metaphors, you know, that, that long distance running has, um, for life. Um, so I do think of them, but the, the irony is you know, they're not the least bit interested and they weren't paying <laughs> any attention to the track. Your kids probably paid a lot more attention. So thank you very, very much. Um, <laughs> but I suppose I d- if there is a live track or you're in a race where there's some sort of tracking, I do find that useful too. Cause, and I do use social media in a bit. And a lot of us do. I think that you know, you post, you do a pre-race post and and I'm not doing it to to brag. I'm doing it because there's nothing to brag about before a race anyway. But I'm doing it to keep myself honest because when it gets tough and I think, oh, really, I don't know if I can be bothered with the last 20 miles. You think, oh, damn, I put it on Facebook.
3: Yeah. I've sort of got to
2: be accountable to that. It, you know, <laughs> if I don't do a follow up with with this is what happened, then you think, well, someone might get in touch and say, oh, what happened there? Because you started but um, you didn't seem to finish the race. Um, so. So I think that's useful to me, but I think yeah, it's it's going to be personal stuff for most people. I mean, two of the people yeah. who are the best at this in the world are um Ranolf Fines and Nikki Spinks, and both they're always fundraising, so that's part of their mm. you know. And I've asked them about it. You know, that's part of their mental drive. Is like, well, I'm doing this for a great cause, and they're both doing cancer-related charities. Um, you know, yeah. they've both dealt with that in their lives, and and so they're thinking I'm I'm raising. You know, they're thinking of 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 you know loved ones who aren't around or whatever, or, or um, money they're gonna raise to help people. So that's really deep, you know, that's that's hard to mm-hmm. it's hard to quit when you're when you've got that going on in your mind. So I guess I would yeah. advise some yeah, people, totally. you know, some fundraising. I you know, I found that people aren't gonna give me <laughs> much money um unless I wear a toilet again, I suppose. So maybe <laughs> I need to do a you know paddy buffy round wearing a toilet or something. Maybe that would get um, <laughs> that would help. But I think ultimately it's gonna be personal stuff, I think, um for that yeah. sort of thing.
0: No, that's... What do you good. use? Thank you. Oh, God. I used to be a bit of a drama queen, actually. I was a nightmare. and just used to moan to anybody <laughs> and how terrible, how terrible it all was and how miserable I was. And then a good friend of mine, um, you may be, I don't know if you've met, John Kiniston, who's a pretty good runner oh and he I does a lot of blogs does. as well. You will have yeah. met him, I'm sure. Um, and he's a, an amazing guy and he told me, and gave me some great advice um, maybe two years ago now, and he said just be thankful, find things to be thankful for and remember like why you're, why you're doing this, and um, he did the Dragon's Back last year, and every day he had a different thing to be thankful for, so it was either his family yeah. or his health or different things, and since then I've been totally on that, and it's made a massive difference, so in the hard times, yeah, I just, I just have to give myself a bit of a kick up the arse and remind myself why I'm there and just how grateful I am to be, able to be able to do all these mad things and see yeah. all these beautiful places in the world. So that's been a bit of a game changer.
2: <laughs> really? Oh, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Th- there was a study in the last few years. Um, it was the word gratitude was the key, the key yes. thing. So they, they encouraged yes. people to feel gratitude, and their performances changed, and their, mental, their whole mental yeah. outlook changed. Um, oh, but also, nice. yeah, it's definitely... Definitely easy to get into that self-pity thing, isn't it? Um, you know, in the <laughs> middle of the night when you've been going for twenty hours, your feet hurt, um, and, and it's easy to forget that. I don't know. I, I remind myself, yeah, I've, I've nearly always got two or three friends who are injured or, you know, or, or just can't run for whatever reason, and you think, well, I, at least I'm running. In fact, I've got a good yeah, friend who texted exactly. me before every race, pretty much, to say, don't forget when you're hurting, I'll be jealous because he can't yeah. do that race, and you just kind of think, actually, yeah. you know, I, I, I volunteered for this. You know, I, I pay for it. You know, um, I know, you know why? You know, I've got to. You know, it's it's a bit sad if we can't enjoy it. Um, yeah, but, but at the same time, I think we're all allowed. I don't know how how much do you think we're allowed? Are we all allowed for like twenty minutes of self pity, or I oh, think we're all allowed surely. a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. But then you've just got to you just got to move on. Per day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there,
1: there's got to be an element of um, you know in the sort of big epic. Ultra type challenges that, that you guys do, and um, there's got to be an element of you're doing that because it's going to be hard. You know, you you do it because it's a big challenge, and, you, and it's not going to be all yeah. roses all the way around. And so you're going to have to, you know, there's going to there are going to be times there you know, that are hard, and you know, there's there's no way you're going to deal with that perfectly every time. You know, you're going to have that element mm-hmm. of self pity, and uh, especially when you're running through the night when it's dark and miserable. Uh, in the UK, when it's probably not going to be very warm and it could be wet, <laughs> you know, and your and your head torch. I
0: don't mind the dark.
1: <laughs> ah, you're you're very yeah. Scottish though, so uh, <laughs> It's only light three hours a day. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. So I I I haven't really. I mean, no, I have faced tough times and races when I'm not hitting the hitting the pace or the time that I was hoping I was going to get to. And um, there's not really much you can do about that in like a 10K or a half marathon or something, you know, because all all you're going to be able to do is slow down and get to the end. And there's not really a massive sense of achievement in completing a 10K when you've already completed 20 10Ks before. Um, You know, it is the the time you're on and in that particular day under under those conditions that, that give... They give me the motivation for for 10K racing, that sort of thing. But the only ultra thing I've done, um, which I think I've spoken about this in every episode for the last (laughs) five episodes in some way, but we did a 12-hour challenge uh, locally here last uh, September, which is up and down a hill, a local hill to us. And so I was out for 12 hours doing that. But I, I actually didn't hit any of those dark hard times that you guys are speaking about but then again it was only a 12 hour uh, run so it was a, th- still
0: a long time yeah it is yeah. but I
1: mean I think I was just I, I was probably very lucky in that um, I paced it correctly you know and, and I was eating and that sort of thing and it, I practiced mm-hmm. what I was going to eat and stuff and it, and it went really well um, but, I, but we were doing that for charity as well so I think it was a really good day you know it was a local kind of thing It was all volunteers there that I knew and, um, you know, the runners, I knew all the runners and stuff, so it was pretty cool that, I yeah, I think if if it had got to the stage where I was like, oh man, I'm struggling to go up this hill again, it would have been the charity thing, you know, I'd have just powered on walking mm. because I had to walk. So yeah. Because people had sponsored us and, and I'd organised the event as well so I couldn't very well be the one <laughs> just being a dick about it. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but,
1: um, I'll be interesting when I translate that into a race because I, I did I covered 60 miles in that uh, mm-hmm. 12 hours so the 55 right. miles is going to be pretty similar and a similar elevation everything I looked at I was looking at this last week and it's all for my 56 miles up and down the hill seven times the elevations like it's like a hundred feet more than the I looked at somebody else's mm-hmm. Strava for the cataran thing it, so it's going to be pretty similar. So it'll be interesting to know, to see how that goes when I'm actually doing a race rather than, you know, a fun. You'll challenge. be
0: a lot yeah. faster. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you will. You will. Well, see. You, train, you, you train You train. the training. Yeah, you'll yeah. be fine.
1: Yeah, I need to get. I need to get running again because I haven't run for like ten days because I've had this throat oh. infection around uh. my nose, So, um, yeah. I'll have to get back out there pretty soon. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that's... Uh, do you have any more questions from your uh, school kids, Jenny? Those are good questions. Um,
0: yeah. th- It was all more or less about toilet issues, to be yeah. honest, <laughs> after that. <laughs> and some and some hallucinations. hallucinations. They were interested yeah. in hallucinations because I'd told them a story once about... How uh, one of my friends, Alan Cormack from Aberdeen, had did like yeah, so he did the t- you know he always does the the T184, uh, the t- along the Thames he does that every year and he told me one it's really quite flat and he told me one year and this is when I just started uh, doing longer runs that he'd seen all these Scotty dogs. And he was, like, trying to jump over all these Scotty dogs, but actually there was nothing there at all. So I went into my first, like, overnight ultra thinking that I was going to see all these crazy things. <laughs> and I told I told the kids about it, and to this day I've never... I've not... I think I saw a party once, um, and it was just sheep, you know, sheep eyes. It's the oh. first time I'd seen sheep up on a fell. Uh. And uh, I, it, I thought maybe it was a, a bunch of, like people having a wee party, I was a bit disappointed by that, but I don't think that was a hallucination as such. But the kids say uh, I think I've made it all up, so have you ever had any mad hallucinations when you're running?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, only probably two or three times. Um, one was actually one was actually um, not a running thing, it was um, climbing a volcano in Ecuador, um, but I think it was the altitude, um, it wasn't, yeah, it, I, I wish I hadn't started this anecdote, because it isn't really an anecdote, but I, I, towards the end <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking a load of my friends were nearby, having a picnic, and they hadn't invited me. Uh, and and they were on the side of the mountain, and and obviously oh, when I got there, they weren't they weren't there. So I was sort of angry, and then they weren't there anyway. Um, so that's not really even a proper anecdote. But the the the, the, t- the most vivid hallucinations were definitely on the spine race. The first time I did that, um, and I yeah definitely I'd gone without sleep, totally through a night, and, and by about five in the morning. Um, I was up in the Cheviots, and I could really clearly see um, some red Chinese lanterns being set off nearby on a hill, I can still see it really okay. clearly now, um, it was just a, yeah, like not far away, and I thought, someone's setting off these lanterns to guide me into the finish line, that's so kind, um, and I started following them, um, and of course uh, after a while they vanished and I realised I was hopelessly lost. Um, of course, and they hadn't existed at all, but I did, I did at one point think this isn't true, is it? And I remember shouting across saying, I know you're not real, or you know, just as a test and then laughing to myself. And then even when I finished, like several hours later, I spoke to one other runner and I kind of said, oh, did you see the lanterns? And they just looked at me like, you know, there were no lanterns. And that, it's only then that, it, that I was like, oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. But I remember so that,
2: weird. around that time when it got to daylight as well, I just remember lots of stones and rocks. Um quite a lot like Jasmine Paris described actually the same sort of section, the yeah. last bit with Gabby. They they were turning into people. It was never a, it was never very sinister. Hallucinations often sound like they're going to be sinister, but it wasn't. It was just it was kind of you knew it was happening, but you couldn't sort of stop it. Um and it was I don't know, it was fine really. Uh but it was I think I just wanted some company. I've been on my own for so long um, mm. that, that things were... I almost wanted to see someone. And I think it, I think it probably does. Your mind does probably dictate a bit.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: That's interesting. A bit what you, yeah, yeah, it's intriguing. But because I had such a vivid experience there, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if I have ever had anything since, um, mm. which is almost a bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean, half the reason for getting to this sport probably is to have some good hallucination. I
0: oh, know, I'm still waiting. <laughs> or, either that
2: or... You're still waiting, oh...
0: Well, yeah, yeah, one day or, you never know. Um,
2: Running, run into a cow—what, one or the other? I well, um,
0: hopefully not do that. <laughs> the
2: hallucinations is probably a little less harm, harmful on yeah, the. Uh, so. On the ego and the body. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I thought, I was hoping you were going to finish that um, Chinese lantern story by, the, the your hallucinations that had actually guided you to the finish line. That it didn't. It guided you to be lost.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, it took me off course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and that's quite embarrassing when the trackers, when the trackers are going. Admittedly, it was early in the morning, so hopefully not too many people were watching. But the trackers are going. But also, I've written a guidebook for the Pennine Way before that, so oh, <laughs> I kept that. Uh-huh. A bit quiet because that's a bit embarrassing if you've written a guidebook and you're getting quite lost. Um, oh, but yeah, I blame the, whoever set off those lanterns.
3: Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sabotage. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Jenny, you mentioned sheep eyes, by the way. And mm-hmm. they're the creepiest things in the world when you're running uh-huh. your headphones at night. Mm. Sheep eyes. <laughs> eyes looking at you. Because they're, yeah. they're in groups, aren't they? So it's not like Yeah, you see two. Group, yeah. You oh, it's always in groups. 26. Uh yeah, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I I was out walking with my uh my kids on what day was that? Sunday I think. And um we'd walked uh, we live in the country so I'd walk down the road to get to the woods we were going to and we just sort of looked over at the field of sheep which I would normally well not normally but would have seen plenty of times in the dark and they're really freaky but they were quite freaky during the day as well. They were just sitting staring at us as a group of sheep. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. hey girls, go Did look at these sheep. They, they actually <laughs> ran away when we went over to the wall at the side of the, the field. The sheep ran away at like 20 yards and then stopped in exactly the same group and just sat and stared at us again. They are <laughs> no. definitely up to something, I think. They're um, daft.
2: Daft <laughs> things.
1: So,
0: it's. No. It's weird because when you run um, south of the border, like, it's a totally different world um, at Callum. So, like, here, like, you don't really run through cows ever. So, like, I'm terrified of cows because i have just used to having them fenced off away from me and never going near them. But, like, I remember when I, the first time I ever ran along that bit of Hadrian's Wall... And I was absolutely terrified because all the trails just take you through fields, and there's just cows everywhere all the time. Mm. And uh, I just stood at this fence, and it was getting darker and darker, (laughs) just staring at these cows. And then all of a sudden, all these people just kept like just came wandering through them, like they were not even there. It's the weirdest thing. So I'm still kind of getting used to going near animals. (laughs) (laughs) We don't get that so much up here.
2: Are, you, are your cows a bit tougher and more aggressive up there?
0: Or well, they're just not used to folk going right. through uh, farmland. Cause I guess with the right to roam, um, farmers tend to keep their beasts sort of away from where you would want to go walking. Well, certainly okay. where we are anyway, around uh, Aberdeenshire, yeah, you don't go through cow fields. No, they're okay. evil. Right, right. <laughs> evil well, things. I,
3: uh,
1: I don't have a problem at all going through a cow field. I've done that plenty of oh, times.
0: Oh,
3: can't
1: do it. But the the, um, the hill i was speaking about. not there's a few different ways you can get up that hill, um, but the way to go up the sort of steepest bit of the, the nicest bit of the hill, up past the white horse on the, that's uh, made of stones on the side of the hill, you go through a cow field to get to that. Um, do you? Yeah, there's. Not many times of the year without there are cows in it, but
3: oh, right, there,
1: are, there are occasions when there's a bull in that field. And oh, uh, yeah, they there Cows are fine, but the, the bull you have to be careful of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so I funny. A, uh, all
3: the races a, are funny.
1: I took a group around um, uh, the Jog, Jog Scotland group, I think it was, round, um the Stone Circle and Stricken Village uh, beside where I live, and... Um, up, you go up the stone circle, which is in the middle of a field, and, uh, yeah, there was a bull in the field that I wasn't expecting to be there, so we had to sort of skirt around the edge of the field away from a bit. I think that, that bull was quite used to people, actually. never even batted an I yeah. at us, to, but um, you do have to be careful of that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try not running any. That's it. <laughs> That'll be my plan.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where have we got to? Right. I've got another sort of fairly standard question to I ask uh, the guests Damien and that we have this ongoing theme of the podcast of how running saved my life and we have we, we often have clips from people uh, listeners that have recorded short audio clips describing how running has saved their life and it could be anything from uh, combating addiction or you know abusive relationships or depression or all these sorts of things I just wondered if you had any any views on, or take on that, um, if it's relevant to your, your life and, and your running or just an opinion on it?
2: Wow, gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, 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 I'm sure we all know people who, um, yeah, running has been a more, I mean, yeah, r- running, sort of discovering running has been certainly very profound for me in that it's been kind of life changing and it's changed you know it's my all my work now is in is in running pretty much you know i coach people and so on and um so it's been a life changing thing for me but yeah i wouldn't say it's been on that level that it has been for some people but yeah i definitely know friends who have you know you know that's how they cope with um addiction issues or mental health issues or or other stresses i suppose i suppose it's been really useful to me um you know, when I hear those stories, I do feel very lucky with my life. Um, but obviously, I've, you know, yeah, felt stressed at times or, or not coped well with situations, and I've certainly had plenty of self-doubt uh, and so on. And running has been a great, you know, sort of meditative—I can't say that word—meditative um, <laughs> sort of solution or, or out, outlet for me, um, as I'm sure it is for most runners. Um, so yeah, it's had a profound effect on me. It, Probably I've I've just had a luckier life than than a lot of people that haven't um, had had many I suppose um, tough tough situations like those. Um, but yeah, it's a huge thing for me, and and you realise how big it is for other people too. So it's um, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? How, what effect it has on so many people, and I still work a bit on. Um, Women's Running Magazine. I still do a bit of sub-editing on on that, just occasionally. Um, but it's full of stories of people who've, you know, turn their lives around mm-hmm. by discovering running and and um, dealing with all sorts of things, you know, bullying, and, um, you know, getting over abuse, just really rough. T- you know, marriages falling apart, and the, you know, even bereavement of children and stuff. But but they've something like running has, has been the thing that's. Um, or probably not the only thing, but you know, one of the things that's got them through—it's—it's it's, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I don't—I I, you know—I don't know if there's a. I suppose we're so into running, we think it's the biggest thing in the world. Possibly, I don't know if in cycling circles or mountaineering circles whether people talk the same way or not. I don't—I don't know, but um, I suppose it feels like running running's is very special. Um, yeah. Do you think? Do you think there's another? I definitely didn't feel like that in, like I loved football and there's a great sense of kind of tribe and community in football and, yeah. a, and a sense of kind of purpose, but I don't think, I don't think I felt a sense of kind of, it had saved people from things, really. Um, no, do you think, I, do either of you think there's another, I don't know, there must be other I think things that...
0: I think it depends, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I, I feel like that as well, because running's my thing, but I, I know people who are really, really into cycling. And okay. it has had the same effect for them. Right. So, yeah, I think it just depends what you get. And mountain biking, I think, has
2: got the same sort of buzz, doesn't it?
3: Because that's going to be an
2: off-road thing, isn't it? Whereas
3: yeah, a lot of road
2: biking, yeah. to me, you, you're going to get presumably some endorphins from the exercise and stuff. But And you can still get great yeah. scenery, of course, but to me yeah. it's, it's still likely to, yeah, get... a more of a group thing, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I okay.
0: think
2: with the, um,
1: yeah. The, fu- the football comparison, I mean, I think... That is massively different. I mean, I I flirted with going back to football last year, actually. So I have got a more recent um, experience of that. And I so I stopped playing football what seven, eight years ago, and um, took up running a wee while after, you know, maybe six years ago, seven years ago. And then um, <coughs> I I always had this. N- I loved, absolutely loved football. You know, I grew up loving it. My, my dad was really into football. My brother was really into football. My pals were into football. And, you know, and, and I, I played to a sort of reasonably good level when I was a kid um, and just played amateur football when I was an adult. But it, it was, like, a sort of all-consuming thing. I was so into it and um, I was so competitive, you know, and, and the football matches meant so much to me uh, to the point that I think, when I look back, I'm like, I wish I hadn't taken it so seriously. Um, yeah, because, definitely. I mean, it was just amateur football, you know, it wasn't in any way going <laughs> to change anything. You know, it wasn't, it was, it's, obviously it's great if you win a, a cup or something with your mates and, and you can have a great time and thinking about that. And I've got some really great football stories that I can tell people and all the rest of the fun times we had, um, and it is that sort of tribal mentality, you're in it together and all the rest of it, that I've got a negative um, sort of connotations when I think of football because it's it's a really aggressive sport, and you know you're you're it's like you and your mates against the world basically, including the referee, including the team mm. that you're playing against, including the guys at the sideline. And if someone doesn't go your way, you look to blame everybody else other than yourself, and all this sort of thing. And it just it, it, that was drilled into me. Probably not on Mm -hmm. purpose, but, you know, by my my dad, by my coaches. And, you know, and you see it. it, You know, I did football coaching. It's probably when I started thinking about it the other way. I did, I coached them, young kids football for a couple of years. um, And that's when I really started thinking, I was like, well, I can't be passing that message on to these, like, 10-year-olds. I need them to have respect Mm -hmm. for their opponents and respect for the referee. And, And, you know, and you saw it in the sidelines of the parents of those kids you had to coach them as well. And, you know, everything was it, it was quite negative. And, it, and then you watch football on the TV and it's this super aggressive sport. And I'm thinking, well, do I really want my kids watching that and being into that? And, and, and I, I can't drag myself away from it. I still love football and I love watching football. Um, but I sort of look at it with different eyes now. But when I went back, um, and the reason I went back, I lost my dad last year and it made me think about uh, football and all the good times to have the football and, and he was masculine in football and all this but, and and i I had a go go back to football and back to the team I used to play for and I mean the guys are all young enough to be my sons basically <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, but I loved the the camaraderie of being back in amongst that team again mm-hmm. but, um and i I stopped um it just wasn't very practical, uh, like what we spoke about before. We're having families, stuff, the timing of it, and all the rest of it. And it was pretty hard on, on my body as well, compared to running. And um, but I do, I miss it, and and, I, and I'm always sort of flirting with that. Should I, should I go back? Uh, no, it's not the right <laughs> time. Maybe I will go back next year, sort of thing. And um, but it's definitely not the same uh, as, you know, the what I get from running in terms of, and, and I've and I've over the last wee while just. Realize that I get an awful lot more out of running than I do out of the football, and that um, dealing with stress. I think football is really quite good for dealing with stress, actually, because you're allowed to be a dick on a football pitch and mm. kick people and, <laughs> and shoot at people lot. and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's, I don't think that's a particularly long term, it's not a good way to release stress so it's because sustainable, it builds up, yeah. builds up stress, whereas running is a really good way to deal with. Uh, Bad things that are happening, whatever that bad things could be. I mean, like I spoke about losing my dad last year, and I, and I was out on the hills and stuff, running. And, and yeah. I remember the day after, or two days after my dad died, going out for like a sixteen-mile run round about the local hill and everything. And I and I thought about my dad all the way around. You know, but it was the only time I'd had space since he died. You know, and there mm. were people asking me questions, or there weren't. Wasn't something to deal with. You know, and I just got out in a couple hours out, and every minute almost, of the way around. I just thought about stuff to do with my dad, and, you know, and that's, that really helps, you know, I don't know oh, That's the heart
0: of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know how I would have coped. I mean, I, yeah, I, I struggled for months after my dad died, but I don't know how I would have coped without having that, a uh, running in there, you know, that, that was really, really good. There were some days I just thought I absolutely need to go out for a run, you know, and I don't know what I'd have done just otherwise. space. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what I'd have done otherwise. I'd have Probably gone mental, to be honest. But <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that uh, was a bit of a ramble, actually. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'm quite good at that. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think running is is special. Um, that's where that came from. But there could be other things that are special. I'd imagine going out, mountaineering. I hear about people's passion for rock climbing, and you know, mm-hmm. and it's that connect. I think it's maybe that connection with nature. That, you know, I, yeah, I, I, get a, yeah. I get a lot of running. That running feeling—I could do that. I don't have to be running in the trails, but um, I think it is—or something about being just detached from society ever so slightly, you know, in in the
2: hills—and and I think
1: that's pretty cool, actually.
2: Yeah, well, that was—I'm sorry to—I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but but that that is is a fascinating sort of thing you've explained there, where yeah, football would have wouldn't have necessarily. Helped you in the same way. Uh, that's really interesting. Um, and for me, running is is definitely about being in green and lumpy places. Mm-hmm. But it's also you get the endorphins. So, yeah. like like you guys, like I did, definitely enjoy hiking. But obviously, for a good hike, you're talking six eight hours or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a good run in you know an hour to two hours. You know you can have a really satisfying yeah. experience. Um, so that is something I think to do with the endorphins. So so by just pushing yourself a bit more and then you can be in somewhere scenic. Um, so you've got that wonderful combination of those two things, I suppose, um, yeah. which is quite special. Which, yeah, I think in something like rock climbing, I don't know, yeah. I mean, we're only, we're only guessing, I suppose. Um, but I, I always find the idea of rock climbing, like I really admire the technique and the dedication yeah. and that sort of thing, but if I'm in a national park or something, I don't want to go up and down the same bit of rock. I want to, I, I don't know, I want to explore further, I suppose.
4: Um, yeah. so yeah. I'm not
2: I'm not criticizing rock climbers I just there's something in my mind that makes me want to go a bit yeah. further um yeah, yeah. than, than mm-hmm. they want to go perhaps. But um yeah. Um yeah, no it's um yeah, it's a magical magical thing we've discovered, isn't it? And I um far yeah. <laughs> me regretting I didn't um yeah, stick with it or, or try it earlier on, but at the same time, um I don't know. it's served me served me very well. It's um Yeah yeah and it, and I, I, we can hopefully carry on doing it for Decades. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully.
1: (laughs) Don't don't tell my wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, she knows that I won't do it for decades. Um, Yeah. um, Are you all right to talk a bit about your training? Um, Sure. I'd love to hear. So before we ask specifically about your training, what have been the recent... Things you've been doing. So, whether it's obviously been the Paddy Buckley around, has that been the the biggest thing you've done recently?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Remind us how,
1: what the sort of distance, or I mean, how long did it take you to get around actually? What was your. Uh,
2: 21 and a
1: half hours. 21 and a half hours in the mountains, effectively. Um, In winter. In winter. (laughs) I I was going to ask you actually, why do you keep doing these things in the winter
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I've realized uh I really genuinely love the British winter um (laughs) it might sound a bit odd but I lived I lived in um I lived in Australia for quite a few years uh which which I loved but it's like um and also I mean a lot of the European races I do are they usually end up hot and I've realised I'm not so good in the heat. Um, it doesn't suit me so well, probably because I'm usually in Britain running, and you know, usually in Brecon Beacons or something, and it's not usually hot there. Um, so it might be—I don't know—whether it's psychological or physiological, or probably a bit of both. Um, but I really like the British winter. I think it's really exciting. Um, I, I love that feeling of sort of having having you know your trusty waterproof on, and the and the the weather's coming at you, but it's not it's not yet, hopefully, you know, too horrendous, you're, you know, you feel like you're going to probably survive, um, <laughs> I quite like that feeling, um, I suppose with the, with the paddy, um, I suppose I'd already done a summer one, I'd already done a kind of March, a sort of spring one as well with a friend, mm-hmm. so I'd done, I'd done two seasons of it, um, uh, and winter, um, well part of it is, if I don't Plot myself something to do in the winter. I'll end up signing up for the spine race for a third time, <laughs> and that, <laughs> and and I can still remember that that one does hurt. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I need to give myself some sort of winter project, or it'll be that. Um, but also, I've just yeah, my my. I feel like I've had three obsessions in ultra. There's, there's an obsession with ultra running itself, and then probably the hundred mile distance. But then after that, I I was obsessed with the spine race for a couple of years, then UTMB for probably four years, um, and then probably the Paddy Buckley more recently. I've just I just really got to know everything about it and, and really love its history and um, its quirks and, and how it's a bit different to the other two big rounds um, and I just still have that obsession so when i had done a you know done a summer, summer round um, as it was approaching winter I just thought well it's kind of a separate winter record or or even if I didn't get the record I just thought it'd be great fun to do it in the winter um, and I suppose winter, re- winter rounds are a bit more problematic in that you know Maybe it's a bit more predictable in Scotland, but maybe in, in the South, like, you know, you could have a winter's day that, you know, it might be sunny without any snow at all. Um, and you could have a more wintry day in March or, or you know, November, um, really. So it's a little bit controversial. Well, I don't know if controversial, controversial is the right word, but, I mean, I had, I had I got, so it's, it's five legs and I had snow on two of the legs, I suppose. And then yeah. two, other, two other peaks, two of the higher peaks on the other legs. So it wasn't even quite half in snow, um, but it was still in, I suppose it was still in winter and it was still, you know, it's, it's strong winds. Um, it was a bit feisty at times, but yeah, it was just how I wanted it in that you want, you, you know, you want, you want to still have the same amount of fingers when you finish kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. but still, still feel you've had an adventure, I suppose. That's yeah, was sort of yeah, yeah. perfect day out in the hills, I think. Um, cool. yeah. so I was quite lucky. Well, lucky slash I was waiting, you know, I was waiting for the right weather. Um, but I don't know, do you two like winter running?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I do.
1: It depends. You can wear lots of clothes. Yeah, mm. I mean,
3: it, it depends.
1: Yeah, a lot I, mean I like kit. Yeah, yeah I've, quite, yeah, I've quite liked it in the past, and there are certain types of winter weather that I'm quite happy running in and quite enjoy running in, and it is, you know, that sort of cold, crisp, um, mm. snow on the ground, but Sunny, it's not diet. icy. You know, you're yeah. not sk- skipping around, but we've not had... I mean, I've not been up in the up in the mountains really, to be honest. We've not really had any proper snow for a while up here. It's just, it's yeah. either wet and ridiculously windy, or it's just freezing and it's just too icy to run on the road. So you you know you, yeah, it's a bit. It's been a bit crap this winter, to be honest. I've not enjoyed winter <laughs> training at all, if I'm perfectly honest. But uh, yeah, I've not been exploring the trails uh, and that sort of thing. So I do I do like. Um, being up on a, on a hill or a mountain when it's snowy, so long as it's not um, waist deep, which I've been caught out with a couple of times before. And <coughs> running isn't an option; it's wading, and it's, uh, it takes about five times as long as you hope. And uh, I always got caught out on our um, sort of local mountain here, Benhe, um, which generally runs up and down about three times a week. Um, I got I was going there in, in the morning before work. Um, and hadn't even given it a second thought that it might be unrunnable because of the snow and I got, there was perfect weather at the bottom and I got up to maybe three quarters of the way up the first climb and I was like alright okay I can't run in this. I thought I might be okay when I get over the, that peak and down the other side, maybe all the snow is just sitting on this side but it was just, and I, I had to turn back and I ran, I did something like four miles. Uh, mm. Three miles in an hour or something, and I was like planning to do an eight mile week in like an hour and a half or something. <laughs> so it was, yeah, that was a bit rubbish. But um, that's a like digression from. It's from all
0: about, talking kit, about kit. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that so was. They got
0: those arctic claws, and they're really good.
1: Ah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that wasn't a problem helpful. in terms of, you know, I could have waded through it, but it was just going to take me so long. Yeah. I think I had to get to work. Had it been a weekend or something, I would <laughs> kind of yeah. have done my eight miles in three hours instead of one hour. pesky out. work. Uh, uh, That's
0: problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about training there. So, it was just to get a feel for um, what you've been doing and, and maybe what's coming up as well. Um, so, what, what does a typical training week or a couple of weeks look like for you if you have such a thing?
2: yeah um i mean in a way training is a is an ongoing experiment um last year, I probably did more more kind of volume i i did try and keep uh, have more big weeks um that were more in the kind of eighty ninety hundred miles weeks um but it's difficult to know whether that you know really kind of worked or not or whether that was you know just sort of making me tired and slow it's It's not always <laughs> clear. Because um, I had, you know, yeah, I, I did. I won. I ran ran a record on the Paddy Buckley in the summer, but like I had a couple of races that didn't go so well. So it's difficult to know, you know, you know whether I got things right or not. Um, so uh, this year, at the moment, I'm running a little bit less volume. Most of my weeks, it's, it's all on Strava, but mo- a lot of my weeks have been kind of sixty, seventy miles um, at the moment. But I'm trying to do more quality, kinds of, you know, more, more, more speed. Uh, more running economy um, at the moment. I mean, I plan to do a bit more volume, but but I don't I don't I don't necessarily think 100 miles a week. You know that that's that's time consuming and tiring. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think people should obsess over get, hitting that number. Um, and also vert as well. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, people I think get a little bit you know obsessed with vert. Um, and I think I think when you're getting close to a, re- a big race that's, that's got big lumps, yeah, you do need to do some of that. But I th- my, my feeling from my own training and people I coach and, and other coaches I speak to is that kind of if you're doing that all year round, you're probably just going to slow yourself down ultimately. Um, you need yeah. to have some spells where you work on, yeah, I suppose speed and running, running economy and becoming a good runner. Uh, and then when you take that back to the hills, um, then hopefully that, that you know, speeds you up the hill quicker. And I have seen that with one or two friends I've, um, who have a really good just have a really good engine and i take them to the mountains and i've been in the mountains far more than them but they're they're better than me going up up them and i'm like (laughs) well that's not fair (laughs) that's not how it should work um yeah yeah.
0: i'm gonna have a go at the bob graham oh
2: nice
0: i know it's my first dabble with a round so i'm gonna have a go (laughs) go in june and uh, i was reading about vert and everyone uh, on the fo- oh, there's many many forums as you'll know, um, <laughs> and I've read too many blogs now. And everyone's like, oh, you've got to do 10,000 feet a week for so many weeks before. And I was thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna burn out. But thankfully, I'm working with a, a lovely friend who's been helping with my coaching, and uh, he's like, it's okay, you can just build up to that, <laughs> and you should be all yeah. right. <laughs> so. I'm a bit less worried now, so I was going to ask you about that as a bit of advice. Um, having just done an awesome paddy, what was your best bit of training or the best thing that worked for you to cope with the, all those uphills?
2: Um, I mean, I, I do think, I do think when, you're, yeah, when you're doing something quite specific like that, yeah when you get closer, you should have a a more specific spell um yeah. uh, of working on on those key things and I suppose for a round to me like you're gonna be half the time it's going to be power hiking, so I yeah. try and bring that into your long mm-hmm. runs especially so yeah you, you try and make your long runs so hopefully early you've had some good spells of running that that have had some faster you know some faster sections and some, some quality long runs where you know i suppose a long run where you actually run it all not, not a long run where it's um you know i suppose hiking up and, and yeah okay. but but i think when you get closer to the to doing the 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 round yeah bring those in and, and practice the power hiking once you've already got your sort of running to a good a good level um and i think it would be the i would say two two weeks of tapering and then then the four weeks before that i would target yeah specific not just power hiking, but but yeah, get a load of power hiking in on on a, even if it's going up and down the same hill. Um, and when you do that, you just want to yeah, you just want to find that sustainable, efficient pace um, mm-hmm. that works for you. Um, because there's a, I, I think some people think yeah, when they're walking, that's almost you know they're almost been defeated a bit or or it's time to relax. Um, but actually, if you can if you can power hike efficiently, um, and, and that doesn't you know, because sometimes it's you know forty five minutes, even an hour. Um, uh, you know, if you if you can cover that ground efficiently, um, and get to the top and not be destroyed as well,
4: um, mm-hmm.
2: then that's that's going to be one of the keys to it, really. And then the probably the other key is prob- possibly the eating, um, Yeah. For, yeah. So that's one, that's my Got favorite it. bit of training: practicing eating. Um,
1: which yeah, which is well, like a
2: key key element. What
1: about what about dealing with the downhills as well? I mean, do you, I, I presume that I you have to, to you have to condition <laughs> your legs if you're going to be pounding them on because you're going to have equal descent to your ascent, so you're going to have a lot of descending involved in the. Yeah,
2: range, so. well, kind of, kind of yes and no. Like, um, if you think of it, um, it, t- you, it will often take like twice as long to go up as it will to go down. Well, so, in yeah, terms kind of time, of, like, yeah. if you're going to improve one, I'd probably say work on the uphill because if you can make that more efficient, in theory, you should save more time. But you're right with the downhills. If your legs aren't used to that, there's going to be a lot more soreness. But I realized, and definitely say, my first two UTMBs, yeah, my, you know, my legs were, you know, in agony, um, and I just kind of thought, I'm not strong enough for this. I'm not strong enough. But actually, also, I was running with ba- quite bad technique as well. So I still don't know whether the you know, there was. Well, they could have been stronger, definitely, but but also my technique wasn't very good. Um, so I was probably running in a way that accelerated the, the discomfort, accelerated the muscle damage. Um, so there's at least two things there. And then, of course, if you're, I was also running them with reluctance. So I wasn't looking forward to them. I uh, wasn't enjoying them, which which just propels mm-hmm. all of that, doesn't it? It's all becomes self-perpetuating. Um, so because you're not enjoying it, you don't enjoy it, and you hurt yourself more. Um, so it took me maybe a couple of years to, to enjoy downhills and, and run them a lot better. Yeah. Um, and some of it was technique. Um, and I spent time with, yeah, Shane, Shane Benzie. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a sort of, uh, yeah, technique guru who's got a, a book coming out soon and some documentaries. And um, I suppose the key thing was, I suppose, maybe smaller steps, running with smaller strides, smaller, faster strides, sometimes a slightly slight bend at the knee means you're not getting so much impact going through um and i suppose yeah practicing on on similar terrain where you can is the really obvious one but it does does pay off yeah Um, absolutely yeah i think that took me two years really of um being being not terrified but but really not looking forward to long downhills to two years later kind of yeah you know well, definitely appro- improving a lot at them um, and looking, looking at race results and realising some of the downhills are some of my best sections sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And now I really look forward to them. So it, take, it, takes, it takes some time and there's a few elements to it. Um, but, yeah, it's another key. I mean, that's what I like about our sport. In a way, you can divide it into four things, but it's definitely more than four. But you could say it's, it's running on the flat, it's running uphill, it's hiking uphill, and it's running downhill there's four different skills there. But then on top of that, you add, you know, fueling and eating that, and drinking. That's a, that's a skill in itself. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can add, you know, the whole mental side of it as well. So that's another... That's at least six really key things that we can all debate and work out what's best and, and um, but all practice and train, train with as well. So it's, um, that's why I'm so fascinated by the sport, even after a few years, in that there are all these different elements. Um, and I'm sure we could add even more to that. I mean yeah, you mentioned kit earlier, you know, you can have the wrong kit. Yeah. Um and then the weather comes into it, like um but maybe that maybe that's the same as kit, maybe not. If it's really hot you've got to think about extra things like salts and um yeah, no, there's a lot there's a lot to there's a lot to work on and uh, suss out. Kit <laughs> fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just uh oh. have a sneaky glance again at your power of ten profile and <laughs> I noticed that very impressively. After all this ultra running, you, you ran a, a half marathon PB last year, and uh, and you ran a marathon PB, I think, two years ago, um, on the roads. And and I mean they're pretty good times, to be honest. you 76 a 8 for the half marathon is is pretty quick. And um, I just wondered what your what your motivation is for doing those sort of races these days. Is it just to mix things up a bit, or do you chase a PB if you're doing that? I mean, I know you've, you've run a PB, so you've obviously been in really good shape for it. And I'm I wonder what you thought of that.
2: Um, if I'm honest, both of those were, were to get quicker for ultra marathons. Um, yeah. Definitely the marathon was about three weeks before, three or four weeks before Madeira Island Ultra Trail, which went quite well for me. And it was a deliberate attempt to kind of work on speed yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah. But I suppose not just not just kind of park run speed, the sort of you know speed endurance, the sort of speed you could maintain. Um, and I don't. Um, and I was running reasonably high volume, more at least for me around then. So maybe seventy, eighty, eighty, ninety miles a week around then. So I guess it was a bit of an experiment with volume as well, of, of sort of can you still run well when you're training quite hard? Um, so I wasn't. Yeah, I still wanted a PB in both of them. So but I had to be realistic. I think neither of them were quite the PB I was hoping for, if I'm honest. I, I remember feeling quite disappointed after both of them. Um, okay. And the half, I think it was just like, do I run another marathon this year? No, I don't really want, I didn't feel, I didn't feel I wanted to. So I thought I'd just, it's the bath half again. So was just mm-hmm. local to me. Um, so I, and I don't think I'd done it for, four Or five years, so I just thought I'll, I'll have another go. But actually, it was a PB, but by less than a minute, so I'd already run a 116 years, yeah,
4: years just ago. Yeah, again, or I year.
2: felt a bit yeah. conflicted, a bit dissatisfied because I'd run 116 something before when I'd yeah. run lo- much lower mileage, okay. um, and I wasn't doing intervals back then. So I was kind of like, well, was this one, you know, I'm five years older, so am I a bit slower, but also I'm running higher mileage and I'm doing proper intervals, so. I don't know. The higher mileage might tire me out. The intervals should make me faster. I couldn't really work out whether I was pleased or not. But ultimately, yeah, I was doing it to get better for ultras, I suppose. Yeah, so yeah. I think for quite a few, for quite a lot of runners, it it could be smart to do a fast road race early yeah. in the year. Um, that said, I haven't haven't done one this year, so we'll see what we'll, we'll see we'll see how bad this year was for me and see whether it was whether it was uh, <laughs> important. But but I would say to anyone like, if those things don't excite you, then don't don't do them because. Yeah. Especially with a road marathon, like you, if you know to do it justice, you need to train quite hard, and you need to do some quality long runs on flat. You know, on the flat, probably most you know half a marathon pace or some marathon pace sections, and and you know some proper tempo runs and all that stuff is. Um, you know, some people like it, but mm. if it's not your sort of thing, then you know I wouldn't encourage too much of it because most of your running should be fun, really. And and otherwise, you know, otherwise what's the point, really? So um mm. that's probably why i'm not doing that sort of thing this year because it just doesn't seem that exciting in fact i have got a place for the bath half this year but i a week or two ago i just didn't feel enthusiastic about it so i'm not going to do it mm.
0: um that was really good advice yeah
2: i, I remember think, reading yeah. who
0: was he was at Jim Mann. i think he wrote something once about that didn't he He said that running was as simple as oh, was it big fun hill days or something like that and it is
2: really important it's about having fun (laughs) yeah and i think jasmine paris says the same kind of thing as well Um,
3: yeah
2: and it's like you know i'm serious about it i want to be as good as i possibly can um but at the same time you know within that yeah i still want it to be mostly enjoyable like even when i was um What race was that? I was trying to do a flatter race last year, a flat, a bit of a flatter, faster ultra, and I couldn't just, I couldn't quite bring myself to stop going to the Brecon Beacons, you know. So even though I knew those runs there weren't that, weren't that good for it, I was still going there, (laughs) and I kind of thought afterwards, I kind of thought, well, I should, I should do stuff that's like the Brecon Beacons if I want to go there all the time, you know. Do do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, a
2: lot of runners, a lot of ultra runners, um, or at least a lot of the runners I coach. Probably could do with doing a bit of speed work um, because that's going to give them some obvious gains. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, but but like, well, it depends what you want to do with your running for anyone, I suppose. Like, how serious are you? How much do you want to improve? If you'd rather just do easy running, then, you know, in a way that's fine. And and, um, most of my running is easy. Yeah, it should be, I think it should be kind of 80 or 90% enjoyable. Um, And -hmm. then there's maybe 10% where you push yourself a bit more, and, and I think afterwards yeah. you're satisfied with it, but maybe it was uncomfortable at the time.
4: Yeah, I was going to say that yeah.
1: maybe you don't enjoy it necessarily at the time when you do those sort of really hard sessions, but you get a lot of satisfaction out of it and, oh, I do anyway, and I'm always glad if I've nailed the session, but there is another aspect to it as well, that if you don't quite nail the session the way you wanted it to, it's maybe not enjoyable because you, you, you've suffered mm. through it, but you've also gone, ah, I didn't hit the paces or the splits I was aiming for, and it can be a little bit self-destructive, actually. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you're hitting it on the head right there, way, right, you know, running should be enjoyable. If you don't, if you don't like running on the roads, just don't do it. There are plenty of ways you can run without doing it, and uh, the hills and the mountains and the trails and everything are, are there for everyone. So I don't, I don't think you need to. um, yourself through that sort of thing if that's not what you're into. Um, I, I I do some coaching as well, and I've um, if you have someone, we'll take uh, Jenny as an example. I helped her with her her training for a wee while, and mm-hmm. Jenny loves the trails and the mountains and the hills, and, and trying to instil my mindset into someone like Jenny, which <laughs> is, you know, well you want to get faster because you're training for a mountain a road marathon as well, and if you want to get faster. You're gonna have to do these hill reps. Yeah. You have to do these, these 1K reps or whatever. And and I think we sort of the training you did was sort of somewhere in the middle of what you were doing before of what I was prescribing. But I it did work.
0: try a little it, bit. It did work
1: because there was, you know, you hit some PBs and
0: on, yeah,
1: on races and that sort of thing as well. But uh, it's maybe a bit of a learning curve as a coach as well. That you know, like what is your normal road marathon training? or your road uh, running training, which is you know based around the track and, and your sort of tempo sessions and that sort of thing, people who are running in the hills all the time aren't necessarily going to like that sort of stuff, you know, so you have to try and adapt it to, in a way that will still benefit and still get them faster, if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. If it's not about getting faster, then you just, you don't have to do that stuff, so um yeah everyone's different and everyone has a reason for running and, and I think um yeah it's, it's about as a, from a coach's perspective it's about trying to find the thing that works for each athlete mm. mentally as well as physically and uh, if you're putting people off for training then you're definitely not um <laughs> you're not describing the right thing yeah you
2: know? yeah very true very true yeah, yeah.
1: so um uh do we have anything else to ask? Oh, <laughs> one uh, one question, which was uh, I was thinking about there um, whilst you're talking about different stuff. Was what sh- what would you, if you had to pick, well will give you three because you didn't match to one the the last match, But if you had to pick three of your favourite races you've you've competed in, what would it be? Yeah, I think I think uh,
2: I d- yeah. It's always more tempting of course to pick the ones that have gone well for you, so you just you just have more of a positive feeling, don't you? Um, yeah. I suppose, yeah, definitely the, the Highland Fling I think is my favourite UK race. Um, I just love the atmosphere, the, the attention to detail and, and the organisation behind it and, and so on. Um, and of course, yeah, the one time I've run it, it, it was a really good race for me, so uh, yeah, it, it went <laughs> better than I could have imagined, so it was, it was um, yeah, just overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, I suppose I've got to put u t m b in there I suppose I've ended up doing it four times and I'm going back this year so um it must have it must have some attraction to me um I guess it's just it's the big one um I find it exciting to be in the same race as you know the best guys in the world, even though I don't see them for long um and I just love the crowds out there they' they're just um they're just incredible they're, they're mostly mostly French but I suppose Italian and uh, Swiss uh, as well, although you don't, I don't see so many of them. Um, but the French crowds, especially, are just just incredible. Uh, and then there's a lot of British people out there as well supporting the race. But um, yeah, you know, halfway up the mountains in the night and stuff, and just no end of encouragement. Um, it's quite a special um, event for that. Um, and I suppose if I had to pick a third, it pro- I guess it probably would be the spine race. Um, I've done that twice, and it's just it is a very unique event. Um, Yeah, I've done it twice and I've worked on it twice in the media team. Um, So it does have, what's amazing is it does kind of really attract people to it in terms of people. What's incredible is people like turn out in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere and they'll stand there with a bit of water for you or a chocolate bar or (laughs) a biscuit or something. Um, And that's like really common. That's not just once or twice. Um, (laughs) and that's incredible that, that people feel so compelled to this race that they'll mm-hmm. come from wherever, in the middle of whenever, um, to give you things, you know, to help you. And that's just, a, isn't that a wonderful feeling that, that um, you know, goes on in running a lot, I suppose. There are a lot of volunteers in running. Most of these events wouldn't happen without volunteers. Um, so I suppose it's not unique to the spine race. But, but. Um, isn't that incredible that, that people just want to help people who are sort of trying their hardest to do something difficult? I mean, that's, that's just a lovely concept, isn't it? Um, and the spine yeah, red, yeah. I think, to, you know, epitomizes that quite well. Um, and just, yeah, just a reminder that there are kind people in the world and, and that, you know, there are, humanity is quite a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that element I, I of love, it, I think.
1: I, I love when uh, people turn up to support a running race, whatever it is, and they've got no real interest in running. You know, that, I think that's really cool. They just turn up and, you know, they'll uh, be dishing out sweeties or have a sign or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that's great. I, I mean, I don't tend to go a lot of the races I'm not running in. You know, it doesn't just because I'm you know, busy with a young family and all the rest of it. But, you know, I, I maybe would like to go because I, I like running and I like spectating. That, you know, you get these guys who <laughs> Just Just wait happen to be local and they just yeah. oh, there's a thing going on, I'll go and watch and they, they have a little tub of jelly babies or something. And I think that's really cool. I mentioned my first marathon experience in Edinburgh in 2012 and it was one of those Edinburgh marathons where it was really, really hot. It was like 25 degrees at 9 o'clock in the morning, which doesn't sound that hot if you compare it to the, some of the European races that you've probably done, but for a yeah, no, that's hot, hot. Yeah. 25 was hot. And uh, there are people in the, uh, so Edinburgh and Martin starts in the city centre of Edinburgh. It goes out through um, Musselburgh and you go out the coast and double back and come back. And some of those uh, towns on the outskirts of Edinburgh, there are people in their garden with their hoses, you know, just like, Spraying water, cold water the runners, if, you know, you could sort of go into this little shower they created to, to cool yourself down, and I just thought the, the level of support for that sort of thing was, was pretty cool, you know, um, yeah. and, and, you know, nobody has to do that, but they, they, they'll they do it every year if it's hot, you know, the, the same guys about with their hoses, and I think that's cool, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah, you mentioned the UTMB, so I didn't realise you were going back to the UTMB this year, that's exciting,
4: yeah. <laughs> I
1: remember listening listened to an interview that, um, I'm not sure which podcast you were on, but you you weren't sure that if you were going to go back to the be after the, your your last one you did, which you, you got a very, very impressive fifth place at. Um, that is one of the most competitive 100 um, milers uh, ultra's in the world. Um, and so to get, get yourself up to fifth place is hugely impressive. So it's exciting to see how this year compares to to that one, I guess not in terms of you know whether you beat your placing or not, but just your experience. And um, yeah, two years later, if you if you do go there, <laughs> the fifth will be you know amazing. <laughs> so is it is it was it the um, UTMB? Is that the one where they've got like more than three
2: places on the podium? Was a was a fifth place? Yeah, they do. Like a tet on the on the Sunday, they get like the top ten men and then the top ten women up on. So so in my mind, the podium is kind of ten. So I've always yeah. well, I've always thought top three. I've never thought that was possible for me. So I, but I I did think after a couple of years, maybe I could get into the ten. Maybe
4: yeah.
2: Um, and one year I placed twelfth, and I'd been in tenth place for mm. for a few hours and sort of let it slip. So so that um niggled at me all, all the next year, thinking it was possible, you know, maybe I could have been <laughs> top ten. Um, so to go back and then that did happen. Um I I felt a bit lucky, like there was, you know, it was nice British British conditions, because um, it really can do anything there. You know, it can be really hot, it can be really cold and that's that's kind of difficult because I want it to be really cold. Um and you don't you just don't know until maybe a week before. Um and if it's really hot, I mean, yeah, I, I expect, you know, Spanish and French runners to, to do to do better than, mm-hmm. than me. Um, but yeah I've got to be honest hopefully this isn't too defeatist but I don't imagine doing better than fifth but um, you know all the big guns are there again but to me getting top 10 again that's to me that's really exciting and and another incentive I do fit yeah I mean some of my close friends have been surprised that I'm going back Um, but because it feels like you know I sort of had that chapter of progressing up from 29th to 5th and that was quite a nice kind of story of clear progression Uh, and then I had a year off Um, uh, like I I, I don't feel as obsessed about the race as I used to be but it is still the big one and it's still really Mm -hmm. exciting to get that kind of rapport with the crowds and and just to race those absolute best guys in the world and just see how how I can do um, again, I suppose, to, I guess, to try and prove that top ten wasn't wasn't a fluke. I, I suppose, um, and it's just it's just having an adventure. I, I, well, it's not just having an adventure, I suppose, because you could just go and have a hike in the mountains on your own, and there's an adventure. But but it's it's being part of a big occasion and having an adventure. I suppose um, it's just so exciting when you're there. It's 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 um, a brilliant week of you know it's a real festival of, of ultra running, uh, mountain running. Um, it's hard. It's hard not to be part of it, I suppose. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've uh, heard good so good luck. Much, yeah, definitely good luck. I've heard so much about the UTMB, and uh, it's one of these things that I think, yeah, one day I'll, I'll go and have a go at that sort of thing. You know, obviously I've done nothing like that before, so it would be a few, good few years before I, I get myself into even trying to get points and that sort of thing. But um, it does sound amazing, the whole festival running as, as, as you mentioned with all the different races and, and the crowd and all the rest of it sounds amazing so yeah we're excited to see how you get on and was that the <laughs> I remember you telling a story about um, doing some awkward dancing on a podium or something was that
2: yeah or was <laughs> else? Uh, I did um, what year was this was that 2018 I did the Mozart 100 oh um, was it there ah okay it the 100, yeah. 100 kilometers yeah um, That's earlier in the year, uh, yeah, in in Austria. Um, And I got, what was that? Yeah, second overall. And I had to go, the Austrians love, I've done a couple of Austrian races, and they love a good awards ceremony. It goes on for hours. (laughs) They they play music and lots of drinking and feasting. It's brilliant. But um, I had to go on the podium twice because I was like first old git, and then I was second Ah, overall.
4: So they did the old git
2: podium, so I was up on there. And then I think both times they encouraged us to <laughs> dance. You know, They put on this Euro disco pop, uh, which is like it really not my thing. Um, and definitely the other time, the winner was a, a great runner called um, Florian Grazel, who was Austrian. So he was there dancing away. Like this was his thing, his crowd, you know, he was loving it and I'm next to him going, oh my God, what am I meant to do here? And <laughs> I was there with Marcus Scotney and Jen Scotney and she had said to me something like, you better not do any dad dancing all I could think of was dad dancing, dad dancing, dad dancing. So I started just dad dancing because <laughs> that's all I could do anyway. Um, I don't really know any other type of dancing. I was dad dancing before I was a dad and telling yeah, dad oh, dance before I was a dad. So yeah. I was doing a sort of, yeah, a sort of out of, you know, out totally out of, uh, out of, think out of step sort of dad wobble. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Jen uh, videoed that, uh, which was nice of her. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my lowest moment in ultra running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which
1: should be one of the high high points, obviously you're <laughs> on the podium of an international 100k. Um, that's a bit of a disincentive to do well at that race, isn't it? If if a, yeah, some, yeah, definitely. Well
4: it's some well.
1: smooth Austrian who can dance, you know? Uh, yeah, so that's cool. Um, yeah, we, we've we've taken up quite a lot of your time already. Um, yeah. So we, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try and wrap it up. So, um, I don't know if you've got any more questions, Jenny, before we before we do that.
0: No, no. I'll save them all till the next time I see you, Damien.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, please thank your please thank your pupils for the brilliant question. I will. Yeah. 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 So just
1: just I one will. or two sort of final points. Where where are you racing next? So we
2: well, good question. Um, I think a lot of us are in the same boat that we don't know. You know, big races are under oh, threat at the moment, aren't they, from the yeah. coronavirus? So um, uh-huh. I do have a place at UTMS. <laughs> Uh, in Japan at the end of April which is a hundred mile race which I'm excited about but I I did feel quite conflicted about because it's such a big flight and such a lot of emissions so I I felt quite um,
4: Mm.
2: ambivalent about it I'd agreed to do it a long time ago and and I must admit I suppose if I don't do it this year I may well have the same invite the next year and I might feel I might feel obliged to 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 do it anyway Um, I've kind of yeah I mean I've I've already offset the emissions but I know that's not perfect um But I think that's under threat. I think probably most big races are under threat at the moment. I think they're going to make an announcement in the middle of March. Um, So I think a lot of us are in limbo. So it's kind of like, oh, I've already started thinking, well, if that race doesn't go ahead, maybe I'll try and get into that race. But then that race might not go ahead. Mm. But it is the same weekend as the Highland Fling. So um, Mm -hmm. my hope is that it's a certain... That maybe British races—they're usually a lot smaller in terms of the amount of people getting together. I'm hoping British races won't be under oh. such threat. I don't know what the ruling will be. Yeah. You know, whether it's sort of less than a thousand people might be all right or something. I don't know. So I guess we're all— wait- a lot of us—are waiting to see at the moment. Mm. But th- in theory, I'm doing UTMS and UTMB um, with a couple of domestic races in between. I was going to do UTS 50, Ultra Trail Snowdonia 50 in June. Oh, cool. um, is that, the on miles? Fif, Is that 50 50 miles? Sorry? Is
1: that
2: 50 or 50 miles? 50 miles, 50, 50 miles. miles yeah. yeah, I don't normally go lower than that, but because mm-hmm. I'm not very quick, but I am actually doing a 50K. Um, I think early August, it's the Wendover Woods 50K, k night. I think it's a night race. Um, cool. And that's purely to kind of sharpen up for UTMB. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, that's... Yeah, 50K, I'm not... I shouldn't be competitive at that, really, but it should hopefully... Yeah, just a good quality long run, at, at hopefully at a decent mm-hmm. speed to to get me sharpened up.
1: I love so the idea of a 50 k race being a speed session. <laughs>
2: <laughs> For me it is, I'm, yeah. I'm slow. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, yeah, so two big A races, at least sort of two, yeah, two two domestic B races. And then I'll definitely do one or two things in the... In the kind of autumn winter, I'm still debating what. Well, actually, there's a new race um, I could mention it on here. There's an exciting new race called Thirteen Valleys. Uh, now, I must admit, they are sort of employing me as a consultant um, really. slash ambassador, but it's in the Lake District in early October, and it's um, it sounds immense. So, it's a hundred mile circuit in the Lake District. I'm still debating exactly how how much ascent it is, but it it it's going to be a huge amount of ascent. Um, it could be similar to UTMB. Um, levels of ascent, so obviously thirteen valleys. It goes into thirteen valleys and then back up. And, that
0: sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, it's going to be huge. But there's two other races. There's a hundred k as well, and a and a sixty k. So you can sort of. Brilliant. And it does follow some of the, you know, some of it follows the Bob Graham sort of sort of route. Um,
3: yeah.
2: So I'm going to do the. I'm only going to do the sixty k because it's quite soon after UTMB, but it's kind of like um, leg two of the Bob Graham. And leg one, like going backwards, going the other way. Mm. Um, so no, you got the Helvellyn. That's Hel quite cool. Yeah, I think that would be quite a nice change, actually, because I'm yeah. so used to coming this way. I did, I did lakes in a day yeah. as well, um, which again yeah. is leg one and two, kind of. But it'd yeah. be nice to go the other totally. way. Um, yeah, Hell and, and and all of that. Um, so that's, yeah, i encourage people to look into that. I, I wouldn't be involved in it if I didn't think it was an exciting race. And yeah, it's no, run by a company enough. called Great Run, who do lots of road races, such as the yeah. Great North Run okay. and stuff. So they're very experienced. Um, okay. Yeah, ha- have a look at that. So Wait, I'll you do that month? after UTMB. Sorry? What,
1: what, what month is that in?
2: It's early October. 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 So they've got 180K, 100K, and a 60K. Um, so so hopefully a distance for, for everyone, or at least every ultra runner. Um, and they've only just sort of, only just opened it up, so I'm pretty sure they've got got space in all all three distances. Um, but they want to, yeah, they want to do it properly. They're, they're sort of, um, you know, looking into every aspect of the race to try and get it right. So it's quite quite exciting. And, and they are, you know, it's a, a European-style, UTMB-style race, you know, like mm-hmm. um, like they do in Europe. So um, I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll take off. Um,
4: cool. That's and then I...
2: Yeah. And I... I, I I'll probably do one or two more things in the year. Actually, much as I tell my clients not to, um, <laughs> not to do too many things. Um, but I've had a, had one or two exciting, well, an exciting invite, and I'm discussing an FKT option with a uh-huh. with a friend. So I don't know if those two things will go ahead. But but yeah, so I, sure. I hope to do something in the summer, in the winter. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise I end up doing the spine race again. So I've got to <laughs> gotta keep busy in the winter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: Sure. <laughs> sounds sounds awesome. Yeah, and. So the last thing is um, where can people find you online if they want to follow you?
2: Follow your? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably quite easy to find I suppose. Um, I won't bore everyone with the individual details, but if, if my name doesn't come up, it's probably ultra underscore demo. Uh, I, I wasn't meaning to start as a brand or anything. I think on just on Twitter or something, my name was already taken, so like a lot of people, you try to show up an alternative. So I think it was ultra. I think I went with ultra demo, and then I kind of uh, I don't know, when I started Instagram, I think I used the same thing, I can't remember. But, yeah, you can find me on most of those channels. I'm not, I'm not especially shy on
4: <laughs> social
2: media. I probably spend too much of my... Well, I definitely spend too much of my life on social media, yeah. um, like a lot of people. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's good and it's bad, isn't it? So it, it yeah, sometimes it's a lot of you fun. You spread um, good messages. Thanks, yeah. thanks. I try to. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I could definitely spend less of my life like, on it, but... Um, yeah, I'm sure people can find me if they want to. Uh,
4: yeah, cool. But,
2: yeah, we um, I, I've got I've got most of your links, so I will. Um,
1: I'll put them in the show notes anyway, and people can check it out. Oh, yeah. only only if you want to. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we, we always do. So I, I, oh, I definitely thank you. Roll. So um, yeah, well, thank you so much again, Damien. That's been yeah, thank brilliant. you, brilliant. Um, and taking up loads of your time on a Wednesday evening. So. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and your insights into all these different aspects of of ultra running and training. It's been really good for me uh, as I think about doing some ultra running this year anyway, and I'm sure for others as well, and and for Jenny with her broad play coming up
2: soon. Thank you very much. Well, thank thank you very much. It's, uh, I've really enjoyed the chat. Thanks for having me on, and um, good to see you again, Jen. And good, yeah, best yeah, of luck with Bob Graham. Soon. And oh, um, you'll hear all about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm excited, and um, yeah, good luck for your ultra ultra debut, Callum. Um, yeah, I'm excited you. for you. you. you I yeah. can tell you. I think yeah, yeah, you've got the you've got the right attitude for it. You're going to. Um, I think it's for you. <laughs> we'll oh. see. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, have to, I have
1: to start running again like I like I said, it's been almost two weeks, but uh yeah, I'll be fine.
2: Well good luck.
3: Alright.
1: Yeah, okay. So All right.
3: thank good you night. so much again. Cheers. Cheers guys. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Thank you again to Damien Hall, that was uh, fantastic. I don't think we'll we'll dwell any further on it. There's there's plenty of content in there and everyone can take what they they will from it. So um, we'll just delve into the last couple of weeks since, well, since the last podcast, but um, four weeks since we've chatted to you, Jenny, I suppose. So what have you been up to in the last uh, few weeks?
0: Oh, just been super, super busy with work. It's been immense, actually. We're, we're uh, gearing up for in teaching worlds. Uh, you have these inspections from His Majesty's Inspectorate. So a bunch mm-hmm. of folk come in, and it's re- it's a good it's a good process. But they go through the entire school with a, a really fine tooth comb, and uh, the word inspection makes all teachers quake because it's just <laughs> a really quite stressful period of time so ours is coming up in a couple of weeks and we've kind of known it was coming for a while but it's just meant that things have been really really busy it's like any kind of audit isn't it you know you've just got to make sure you've got you've got everything in place and that that it's, it's good for me you know make sure you're doing all your things right and Um, it's definitely a worthwhile process to go through. Uh, It certainly makes you sort of look at what you're doing and stuff. But it has meant that running has been a challenge. So Mm. I've just finished my uh, sort of doing my training this year sort of working in blocks as as you're supposed to do. I'm actually Mm -hmm. trying to do training properly, which is a first. Um, (laughs) So I've just finished my first big block uh, where... I've been working on my endurance, so I've just built up my endurance gradually and started to incorporate hills again, getting in a little bit of ascent and just trying to get back confidence actually more than anything in tra- on, on trails and rougher trails, so starting to build up sort of exposure and sort of um, more challenging sort of terrain, so more vertigo inducing sort of terrain as well. And then uh, lastly, this last weekend, looking at navigation. So I've been running mm. with a map. So I just did a really cool race, actually. in Well, not a race, a challenge in Falkirk, the Falkirk 50. And it's a cycling and running event where you there's no mar- route marking at all. Okay, so yeah. you just get given some grid references for... Uh, t- oh, now is there 25 checkpoints that you have to find and it's a bit like the Barclay because 5 of the checkpoints are unmanned and you have to go and rip out your number out of a book sure. so you have to go and find, find find a hidden book so that's been really good, So it's just been about getting back back into all of that really so I've done a couple of marathons that were trail and building up the height and that's about it So, not exciting, but um, a decent grounding of training.
1: (laughs) Is that the right thing to say? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'm going to remind me to ask a question about um, running on tougher, uh, uh, trickier terrain when we get into that. Yeah. I'll I'll need to remember to ask you about that. I'll, I'll... Quickly, I've, I've got nothing to speak about in terms of the last two weeks of running. Well, you've been
0: I've, ill, haven't you?
1: I've, I've been uh, down with this really weird. So my, I'm pretty sure my wife had tonsillitis two weeks ago. Oh no. Um, she was had this mega sore throat, and she looked up the symptoms on NHS, and uh, she had all of the tonsillitis symptoms. But said, don't go to the doctor until you've had it for four days or more. And she Mm -hmm. got past sort of four days and it was a weekend and then by the time Monday came around she was starting to get better so she didn't go, didn't get confirmed but we're pretty sure she had tonsillitis and then on that Monday and maybe even Sunday I started getting a bit of a sore throat and I was like oh here we go. It's not supposed to be that infectious like in terms of, it is infectious but it's not easily spread around people but obviously when you Mm -hmm. you are in such close proximity I guess to to your uh, spouse then there's a possibility that you share these things and So from about Monday, I started to feel pretty miserable last week, and I had run. Because of her being ill, I didn't manage to run on the Friday, I think it was, when I was going. No. What was I doing? I can't remember. Yeah, it was the Friday I missed, because I just had to take the kids away from her, (laughs) basically, because I had to look after them. I had to miss a day of work and stuff, and I didn't get any running done on that Friday, which is going to be some sort of session I was going to do. I went out on the Saturday to do a specific sort of last 10k race specific thing and it was just tougher than it should have been. The pace I was going and all the rest, it, I was like, hmm, not sure. It could be tiredness, could be the fact that I'm a little bit under the weather or it's coming, you know, or it could just be one of those days that you don't run as well. And then I normally don't run on a Sunday anyway. I might have run on the Sunday if things had been different, um, because I'd missed a day in the week. But I just didn't run on the Sunday, and then on Monday, I didn't feel well. You know, I had a sore throat, um, starting to get a sore head, and all that sort of stuff. And you know, sometimes with a sore throat, I would run anyway, but I just I felt crap with it, and so I didn't run at all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I started to feel marginally better on Thursday. And I've got a beginner's running group that I take out, so I ran with them, but it was like mega, mega slow, 3K sort of thing. And I thought, oh, this is maybe, I'm maybe on the, on the turn now, I started, I felt okay after that, but then I still felt, felt pretty crap on a Friday, and I was supposed to have the near 10K on Sunday passed, so...
3: Yeah. this is the race I've
1: been geared up for and the, and the tournament was going pretty well actually I was, I was feeling like a pretty good place not sure if I was in PB shape or a bit, I, thought I was definitely in the ballpark and then, so I was like well, I'll, I'll see how I feel Friday, I normally wouldn't run on the Friday before a Sunday race, I'd normally have that off, I thought, given that I've not run at all, my plan was I'll run yeah, to feel on a Friday you know, just do an easy three miles or something, and just see how I feel yeah you know, an easy pace, but I just, I still felt shit on Friday, and then the Saturday came, and I thought, I still feel about shit, so I was like, well, I'm not running tomorrow in a race, a hard 10k race, so I just haven't, I didn't run Saturday, nor Sunday, nor Monday, nor Tuesday, and nor out Wednesday, and I'm still not feeling like running yet, I'm still, I've got like, still got a bit of a sore throat, but it's not that bad, I think I'm definitely feeling better today than I was yesterday, but sinuses then became a problem and oh, just one of these things is just pissing me off now to be honest so I'm uh, I'm desperate for it to just go so I can just get out and even just a four mile run would be amazing at the moment but um, so yeah not m- much running done at all missed an near in 10k which was kind of my A race of straight and so that's a bit disappointing and I was going to plan and do the, the 3k race I've done all five mm-hmm. of the series, uh, and the sixth one of the series is on Friday. There's no way I'm doing that because I'm just. Oh shame! I'm not actually going to be in Aberdeen on on Friday. I'm normally in Aberdeen Friday, and I can just run the race, do the race. If I was in Aberdeen, I might have gone down and done it. But to be honest, I'm not sure. Would.
4: Well, I, I was, go- I was that going.
1: Hill. I was going to the to that sixth one. Definitely thinking I was going to be my best of the sixth because I sort of got yeah. the of because I wasn't anywhere near three k shape when it, in the first when that series started. But yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. And um, I've got the Geary 10k at the end of this month, so that's
0: ah, um, oh, that when it is.
1: Yeah, 29. Okay. So I, I will. I better be back up and running by then. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm just the whole thing's a little bit disappointing because I was I was really. My plan when I I entered these races. I haven't haven't entered a lot of races, or I hadn't. And uh, the Nairn 10K was the one I picked. And that was going to be the real A race. And then I go to Geary, because it's a lumpy kind of course. It's normally, the weather's normally horrendous. But it's a a great race. I I really like racing at Geary. But you have to forget about your time, because you're not going to run a PB there unless you're in super Uh shape. And... um, so it's gonna be. I don't really know how to go and run that now because I've not had this sort of marker. In the oh, right. It's just gonna be. I might not even wear my watch or something. I'll see. I'll see how it goes. See how the next couple of weeks go. Yeah, you just have to take it yeah, as it comes. Take yeah. it as it comes, and then after that, I don't really have um, anything. Well, no, I do. So I suppose, yeah. Shit, this. <laughs> the I was gonna marathon, say, you can be
0: busy ultra The <laughs>
1: Ultra is, 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 is like. Ten weeks or something. So yeah, I know I you need to
0: start hanging out with Dave more.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, running so, with him. Yeah, I, I do. I've got a plan in my head, and and that was Good. start starting this week. My first long run was going to be tomorrow, but there's no way I'm doing that. Tomorrow, oh so, after yeah, a yeah, well it's no, not going to make
0: got, any difference.
1: Uh, yeah, I've got a plan in my head as to how I'm going to how I'm going to train. It's a bit of an experiment as to how I'm going to train for it. I'm going to sort of mix okay. both the marathon type work because I'm. Yeah, because I've got I've got a really weird run of races now, given what my initial plan was going to be this year. I'm totally digressing here, this is not going to be the last two weeks, but um, I, was be doing, <laughs> I was going to be doing... Not it, like It's yeah. Not like me at all, I know. Uh, it's, not like, it's not like it's 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night or anything. Um, uh,
4: I was going to be
1: doing the 3K series, as I mentioned, maybe a parkrun or two. And they in 10K, they give you 10K, and then I was going to start marathon training for Sterling, which is in October. And there would be some races in there, like a half marathon or something, at some point. <laughs> but I've just completely chucked it out of the window. and I'm going to do the Capran 55 mile race in May. So Go from 3K training to 55 uh, mile training, which is ridiculous.
0: And then back down. <laughs> and
1: I'm going to do well, back down to an extent. I'm going to do. Um, there's a, a brand new trail marathon in August. In, um, I
0: saw that.
1: Fucking trail marathon. So
0: yeah, I was quite keen.
1: We're, we're all we're all waiting to see what's happening with the route because the advertised route that was on Entry Central. I've I entered it without even really looking at the route. I, I it. I
0: haven't
1: entered. Yeah, I hope it. it's not en- true. It. No, it's not true at the moment anyway. but somebody pointed out that the mapped route that was on the Entry Central is only about fifteen or sixteen miles, so they've gone. Oh. Um, they've gone. Oh no, no, we we have. So is it a double loop? Well they say they specifically say there are no loops. There are no repeated ah. bits. But one of the guys in our club thinks that there's no way you can get a marathon in that area without repeating yourself. Okay. Like, I don't mind. I I I really don't care. Um
0: who's organizing it? Uh, don't know.
1: some some Derek Jennings is one of them. I don't know who Oh he okay. Is. Um
3: Yeah. Oh, well, right. no.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. so we're, we're still ready to see what the course is, because they said specifically, yeah, you know, it has been measured right and blah, 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 but we just uploaded the wrong file or something. But right, the, okay. The, the, the funny thing is the, the distance of the thing that was mapped looks a lot like 26.2K, so we're... <laughs> We're kind of no, no, w- no. wondering whether they've measured in kilometers by accident or something, and uh, gone. We've got a marathon. Yeah. But it seems, uh, it seems like the reason they've done that surely, but no, no. I'm it. sure right. it'll work out. It's been like two weeks, and they've taken the route off, and they've not updated it. So I don't know. They okay. must be going to re-measure stuff, but they'll get, they'll yeah. have a marathon in there, and it'll be cool anyway, because be oh, it'll be all Oh, I'll be exciting to have it. another one.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's local.
1: It's just 10 minutes' road for me, so I'm going to go. Oh,
0: I must somewhere. remember to enter. <laughs>
1: Caravan wow. park. There's a caravan park there, so you can take a camper. Brilliant. Get, yeah. so a party. A camper. Party after. Get, yeah, yeah. We've got a caravan <laughs> we put ourselves in for two nights, I think the night before and the night of just for fun. So that's gonna be cool. That's in August. I've got another couple of races I will do probably in August, which are the the BRG, which I did last year, but I did it as a as a long distance ultra training thing last year. I I think I'll probably just race it this year. It's a seventeen Mile hill race on the mm-hmm. road, um, which I I did like I ran to the start, so I did 14 miles before it and then did the race, and it was bloody hell. That was hard. Um, yeah, it's tough. Um, and then we've got the the Mormon hill run in August as well. Saw
0: that. Five yeah,
1: five point six mile hill run, which I've I've done every year, and um, so that's the end of August, and then, and then I've got the Stirling marathon in October, the start of October, so yeah, th- I'm not really sure how this is all going to pan out, but yeah, I'm going to hopefully use the the endurance I get from doing ultra type stuff and the trail stuff and mm-hmm. carry it through the months into the, the marathon training, so yeah, that's where I am, and um, all of yeah. this, whilst I haven't run for like 10 or 11 days. Ah, <laughs> so, uh, no, what a shame. Yeah.
0: Next
1: nah, week, suppose, new uh, week, it'll be fine. Uh, I hope it'll be running before, <laughs> before next week. I will be able do something. Yeah. Saturday morning or something. But anyway, that's uh, a massive long ramble about uh, my brief two weeks of nothing to talk about. So uh, <laughs> our no, theme for this uh, episode was trail running in Scotland. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what we'll we'll, we'll... we'll sort of just have a bit of a yap about this, I suppose. But um, yeah. the... Um, you said your training. This is the first point I was going to make about trail running, in particular, and you said something about going on sort of tougher sort of. Terrain. Yeah,
3: well, let's we where, see.
1: Where, where do you go for that training?
0: Well, there's two. There's the, the first thing to cover, really. I guess is what is a trail run, and yeah. there's actually two definitions. One is for trail running on so fell running, so they're quite different. Uh, trail running is any is on a path. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, so logging roads and paths and yeah. whatnot, marked routes are trails and then uh, the more technical stuff tends to be fell running, um, so off trail and mm-hmm. maybe not on a path and maybe you're more mm-hmm. sort of bogs and sort of na- having to navigate through sort of Tougher terrain is, is is classed as sort of fell running, really. Isn't that
1: but what they call, it, call hill running in Scotland?
0: And hill running, yeah, yeah hill running yeah, is also you know
1: like fell running was really what English people call hill running and hill. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I, maybe, I mean there's,
0: there's also definitions between hill running and fell running as well. Like yeah, okay. so this it, it all once you sort of enter into that that world it all gets quite technical but yeah.
4: um,
0: if you look at the likes of the Ben Nevis race you know it's like f- you've got to get to the top and then back mm-hmm. down again how do you yeah. do that is up to you mm-hmm. so you don't have to follow a specific route as such yeah. Um I think there are some rules with the route but you know the fast some of the fastest guys bomb straight, <laughs> straight straight
1: down, down the yeah. hill yeah, yeah. Billy just so go down. you the yeah, wild,
0: yeah. it's just nuts. Up oh, it's insane, that. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, if I was doing it, I'd be like to the street all the way. So, <laughs> yeah. But it might, I mean, training for the Bob is really difficult for me to do here. Like, I can't really do it at um, it's It's. Not it's not technical enough, really. yeah it's too manicured, he um, basically. Yes, yeah, too just. I mean, it's not bad. Like the sections of it that are good. I went and did a bit. My a couple of my friends are really into doing the Ramsey round and it's really yeah. hard. I mean, the Bob Graham's like he's piss compared to <laughs> the likes of the Ramsey and the Paddy Buckley. It's like l- like hardcore proper running compared to the 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 Bob Graham. It's like a it's like a, a Ben He, you know, compared to that. <laughs> so I went and did a bit of that, and that was in ah, the cool. memoirs, and it was really hard. I mean, yeah. that was bloody hard. Like, we just did a so it wee bit. Up, and all. And geographically,
2: yeah. what
0: is that? Uh, ben Nevis. So you start ah, going up. Okay. Ben Nevis is the start, um, yeah. and you run up Ben Nevis, <laughs> and then go on to the CMD, and then it's just like that for like the whole way you know it's like relentless and it's proper it's like you've got to be able to move well over really 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 hard terrain so it's just like terrifying really when you (laughs) haven't done that kind of thing before Um, and you're on stuff like this drops on either side and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's I mean, just, the Rams around twenty-three monroe's You know, twenty-three Monroes in one in one loop. You know, it's, it's a it's a beast. Ah, absolutely.
1: Absolute yeah, beast.
0: That's, it's
1: like one an hour if you do it under twenty-four hours. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And yeah. it? it's Amazing. you know, it's a tough gig. So that that was good for me to go and do that. I mean, there's nothing to difficult really about the Bob Graham, but it's, it's the up and down, you know, it's 8,000 meters, um, yes. so it's twi- 26,700 feet of ascent over the 61 miles so it's, you know, it is a lot to pack in um, and you're doing it on scree, you're mm-hmm. scrambling over bits, I mean there's some really, really, really easy sections but they're quite boggy, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know Will it be boggy
1: and mud in the summer?
0: Yeah, be, there's yeah, bits so that are boggy, always boggy, you know. Yeah. There's there's it's like it's much the same as some of the places in Scotland where, you know, mm. you're always gonna get wet feet. Yeah. So but Benny, he's as good a place as any to start, you know, run up and down Oxen Craig is good Benny, enough, awesome. you know. I love Benny.
1: Yeah, it's got it's so got some tough bits. You're describing um that training route you were on, and you went up Ben Nevis. So, did did you go up the tourist way up Ben Nevis, and then go? Yeah, so go the, up yeah. the tourist street, Yeah. So I've, I've done. I've not actually climbed the top of Ben Nevis before. I've been yeah. on that bit that you're talking about a couple of times, I, and then maybe it was that two years ago. Just I was coming yeah. back from a two-month bloody chest infection. Um, oh, from maybe a month earlier. I, I I I was in Fort William for a week. And I thought, I've got to go and at least do a bit of it. Um try, it a try, yeah. Still, I mean, it was still, it was April, so it was like, the top was mega covered in snow and stuff, so I was never going to go to the top. Yeah. I for that, but I went out one day and ran uh, from the visitor centre place uh, up to, to the top. Yep.
3: that's it, yeah. It
1: was way tougher than I thought it was going to be. You know, I've I've done the Ben hill race a couple of times. You know, I've ran around there, up and down Benahee heaps of times, and done done well in the Ben hill race. You know, I sort of fancy myself as a as a decent hill runner because mm-hmm. I, I came 11th at the Ben Nevis yeah, race.
0: Yeah,
1: that's very good. And and have ideas of grandeur of going down and doing the Ben Nevis race as someone on my to do list for sure. I think everybody should do. Yeah, yeah. but I think I definitely wasn't in good shape when I tried to run up Ben Nevis that time, and I think that made it harder, but definitely what I mean just relentless, just Mm -hmm. up, 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 and then
0: I think that's what Damien was saying isn't it, it's uh, like you've got to find a good pace and just uh, practice that pace of constant movement.
1: Turning and coming down and my legs were smashed for about four days. Oh really? After, yeah, because I, I, you know, I turned the pace on a little bit Don't and cracked do down because you can Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, but It was good fun. I loved it, and uh, definitely a Ben Nevis race. So Dave was sharing the link to Ben Nevis race entry yeah, I saw that. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, I saw that. I've only
1: done Ben Heat twice, so I need to have done it a third time or something else. So I need a category A race to get a place at Ben Nevis. So that's coming. I'll definitely get to do that one year. Um, yeah. but yeah. I digress again, not like me. Um, they, you, what was the trail like when you got beyond that? Is the, the tougher, what was it actually under foot conditions like that you were practising on?
0: It's, well, to get to the top of the bend, it's fairly straightforward, yeah. and that's quite easy. Um, past, on, along the, um, the REIT, the CMD, it's... Ah, oh, can It's really difficult to explain what it's like. It's um, you know, you know, in the Ben Hill race, and you're mm-hmm. that bit from to the top of Oxen Craig, when yeah. you're on those big boulders, mm-hmm. that like bouldery bit, mm-hmm. the scramble yeah, bit. Yeah. It, it. Imagine that for a mile and a half with okay, drops yeah. down either side. It's like mm-hmm. that. So you've got plenty of stuff to hold on to, and it's good rock, but mm-hmm. it's not the fast. It's not fast, is it? Like running on that, you, you've got the risk of, you know, your foot could go down a gap, yeah, or you yeah. could you could go on a, a rock that's going to move a little bit, or, yeah. you know, and then obviously you've got the the the, sort of the drops down each side. But, you know, that's just one bit of, one bit of the race. Yeah, have you absolutely. done the Ring of Steel? No,
1: it's another but, one I might have. Yeah, year. I'd love to. So
0: that's do that. looks amazing. that's a good a good. I mean, that whole route's part of the the uh, Ramsey round so that's what on the it? other side, you oh, see, so I yeah, so you finish, you finish on that, that kind of bit, and um, right. so it takes in all the Monroes on each side of the valley, you see, so yeah, I was that's pretty good. A,
1: as a potential race for this year, and I can't remember mm-hmm. if it's to do with the Well, race. it would
0: be a brilliant starter, Um you know, that's, that's kind of how I started with all these yeah. races, and that's how sure. I met uh, various people.
2: Yeah, well, I'm
1: just I'm googling it. It's in it September, is. I think. Yeah, I think I thought it was. It didn't work for you know. I've got this um, October the 12th marathon. Yeah. I think, I think it was too close to that. I think. But it's not yeah.
0: going anywhere. I mean, they'll do it every year. Yeah. It? And you you can go and do these things anytime anyway. You know.
1: Yeah, it's a 19th. So. Oh no, it's, I tell you what, it's the same day as my 12-hour. Mormon ah, of course. That thing, That's right. That's yeah, what so it is.
0: Yeah.
3: So
1: let's not tell anyone about this really cool race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well out, you, can go, you
0: can go you can go and enjoy it any time without
1: uh, hundreds of other people in your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't imagine people would be getting in my way around that sort of course. I think it would be the other <laughs> way around. But yeah, that is um, But no,
0: I think I think the it's it's like um when you start getting into trails and start getting into mountains it can be it can be anything really it can be yeah. easy and it and it can be hard but uh, there's actually a really exciting new project launching and um a potential we should maybe speak get nicola on the the podcast but uh, i don't know if you follow benny He running which is a facebook page that yeah. uh, nicola redwell runs well she's starting a really new exciting project looking at um minimizing the gender gap between men and women who are hill running so she's looking at encouraging more women to get into trail events and hill races so that's quite an exciting new move and um I think that's going to really shake things up in the northeast actually it'll be really really good for our local clubs so we really need to get you know maybe need to get Nicola on and Tell us a little yeah. bit more about that. I think that, that would picked quite nicely.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. I did see that on Facebook, but I didn't.
3: Yeah,
1: I into it, but I saw that were going to be having uh, taking people out running and they're going yeah, room, room, room yeah,
0: early
1: runs as well. Uh, yeah, so I didn't. I wasn't going to really mix a, it
0: up. Project yeah, hotels, old...
1: project yeah hotel, that's yeah, it. So yeah. Sure. yeah,
0: so that's going to be really exciting, I think. Yeah. And I think that's going to be. Um, going to be really useful for everybody, actually, because it's not—you yeah. know—it'll be be good for um, everyone. But definitely, there is a humongous gap between the number of women that that go into the these races. It's yeah, really yeah. quite mad. You don't realise till you look at it, and then you look at the statistics, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? You know, there's no reason for
1: it, really. I, I, but, I've never yeah. really given it any thought, to be honest. But yeah, I, I guess if you yeah. and
3: in, in, um, yeah. the
1: race results, you'll see, you'll see it. In, and I think that it, it, that cuts across a lot of running, actually, not just hill running, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh I yeah. Think, yeah, it's it's obviously or not obviously, but it sounds like it's a bigger. Bigger gap than your your road. And
0: right it's now. changing, you know, we're yeah. in a really good time. Like I think mm-hmm. uh, Damien mentioned it there, you know, ultra running is changing mm-hmm. um, and the gap is much less than it was before. So,
1: yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of, of, good. Yeah, so right at the start of this chat about trail running in Scotland, you, you said, um, what do you mean by trail running? So, and, and you went on to find fell running and Trail running, and, yeah. And I think, so my my take on what trail running is, and it is pretty much your first point was, basically if it's not on a road, it's trail running. You know. Yeah. That's, yeah.
3: that's
1: pretty much yeah. how I would at it. Any off-road yeah. trail running, I would call trail running. But there are so many different meanings to that. So we've got the old um, well, we spoke about it on the podcast with uh, Gav and Kev about the the ultra that they're organising, which is on the old company,
3: yeah.
1: which is a disused railway line, which is it's amazing, you know, you've got, it's, there's not much hills or anything involved because it used to be a railway line, so it's pretty flat, but there's, um, you can go from Fraserborough all the way to mm-hmm. Dice, which is 40 miles or so, and there's a branch off from Maud, if to um, which is another 12, I think, 12 or 13 miles, um, on that section, and so, the, the only, it's it's a really good place to just get off the road. You don't have to worry about cars and stuff like that. Obviously, there are some road crossings and stuff, but you can get a decent chunk of miles without seeing anything, and it's pretty flat. So for like some marathon training and stuff like that, it's pretty good actually, um, without having to run 20 miles on the actual road, <coughs> for example. But um, the one thing I I don't like about it is you you can't do anything other than go out and back or. <laughs> yeah. Cut off and explore,
3: you know, complete yeah. Your,
1: complete your route elsewhere, which is fine. I mean, I, I do that quite a lot. So I've got a good 20 mile loop that includes, you know, six or seven miles of it or something, and that's quite good. <laughs> but uh, as well as that, I mean, locally here it's not, not as good as it is where you are. You're so local, and then mm. E and the other many Yeah, places. we're really and lucky. We've got, um, got Mormont Hill just down the road, which, yeah. I mean, the more I go on Mormont the more I, I realise that it's. it's it's cooler than I thought it was. You know, there, there's not just one yeah. way up and down. There's there all sorts of different ways round about it and up and down. And I just I found another way up it that I didn't know about. And that's about the
0: fun it. of it,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. And it joins yeah. into some of the same bits. It's not a very big hill, but you know, there are, even on a hill that size, there are all sorts of different mm-hmm. bits of it. There's a thing. It, we have um, Strava segments that people have, and somebody's created this one. I have no idea where the name comes from, but it's called. Uh, Fredo's Revenge. I don't know if somebody had a Fred halfway <laughs> up it and pipped it up at the top or something. It's just like, and that we did when we went up Jenny. We um, we took that yeah. Revenge, and, and it's like it is a brute of a climb. and it's mm-hmm. not very long, but it's so steep, and it's difficult to run up it. You know, it's one of these ones where it's pretty easy to be used to walking because it's pretty steep, and it it it's not over and done with really quickly. So it, bits and pieces like that on Marvin Hill are, are built yeah. plenty of wee bits like that and, and, and you that's know what you've what, got today yeah, just find blinds. it it's cool yeah. it's really cool and we've also got yeah. um, that and Trail marathon we spoke about um, that's
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, just along the road from me you've got White Cow Roots um,
0: well I have to go out and recce a bit of the Caterin because there's some good bits of that that are fun to do as out and backs
1: Yeah. so yeah. I'll have
0: to go and do that before the race get some long runs in yeah. It's not very long till the
1: race though, so know.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Shit. Uh, ah. yeah, so um yeah, definitely. So that's um I've I've heard that it's it's all runnable and uh I don't need to Yeah, to
0: it's quite a break, fast so. route actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um yeah, we'll see how we get on. I I, I just hope you yeah. don't get the training in that I want to. I should be able to. I think I've I've got my weeks the structure of my week, is going to win itself, yeah. I think, to be able to do it. So You'll like,
0: like to... the cat run. It's got some good tar bits in it as well. It's got some nice downhill tar sections. It's got tar so... in it? Whoa. Yeah,
1: it's
0: a mix. It's a mix. <laughs> yeah, I, I stupidly like it, I told, know, yeah, I told somebody once that it was all trail forgetting, and uh, they almost <laughs> murdered me at the end. So There's actually quite a lot of tar in it. <laughs> ah, okay, I,
1: that. Yeah. I did I did think there was some I remember somebody posting a picture during it on a video or something, and it looked like they were on a tar road actually, so yeah. yeah, so um, so yeah, we spoke a bit about the local so round about you you've got um Benahee, obviously uh other stuff, yeah, you're yeah. obviously an Inch Trail Running Club and they do their they do their mm-hmm. deer Hill reps there. I've been up in deer once, I think which is, yeah. quite cool, it's, yeah. is there is there a route yeah, we just walked up it with the kids and walked back down it again, but is there a good loop sort of round about Duny deer and that sort of thing you can do with any decent Yeah. Park? distance in it we've got a lot
0: of trails yeah Yeah, you can you can join up a lot of stuff around here actually you can it's only a mile um off road to benny from inch so you're actually longer Mm. on the road to get to the hill but you can join up dunny deer Uh, to benny and there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff like that but also we're only an hour away from the cairngorms
1: yeah so uh, and
0: that's the big playground
1: i was having a look about on uh Good run guide, which is the website I used to look at mapping routes out and route sound stuff. And I know I was try, I was mapping a route out um, for a potential explore running thing around about um Suey Hill and Corrine Hills are you aware of them? Oh yeah, well mapping.
0: it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah you so can I've, go I've done I've done uh, an eight,
1: mile, eight mile loop, I've done that before. I was looking for yeah, the it's long, great. starting at Suey Hill or Suey yeah. Forest and um Yeah. The car park at Suey Forest is the end of the Gordon Way, which I didn't realise. That's correct. Yeah. So you can run from Benahe Yeah. to Suey. Yeah. To the loop Yeah. and then run back again. Some mental yeah. four mile sort of thing, which I just thought. So the Gord- have you done the Gordon Way before? I've never actually done yeah, it. Yeah, so
0: we quite often run the Gordon Way and uh-huh. to Suey, then run around yeah. the Careens and back and that's twenty six miles. Yeah, you can do like a
1: small loop for the Koreans. Yeah, yeah, the loop i It's
0: 11 miles the Gordon Way, one way.
1: Yeah, I thought of that. So the, so the loop I've ma- yeah. mapped is more like 19 miles or something, so
3: yeah,
1: um, it would be like a time you added up to 11 miles there and back,
3: Yeah,
1: plus you're 19, you're talking... Forty
0: plus miles,
3: so yeah. it's a big,
1: big run. A bit. Yeah, that's um, a big one. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a sort of crazy thing that we can at as, as a as a. Yeah, ride.
0: you can run from Inch to Huntley as well. All trail now. Okay, they've
1: yeah. put
0: in. Yeah, they've put. They've just been putting in new paths. So I'm part, I'm been uh, helping out a wee group that have got some funding. Um, and they're it's, they're eventually going to make it so that you can either cycle or run. Um, or walk between yeah. Inch and Huntley. So at the moment, there's trails, uh, beautiful, lovely trails all in from Huntley to Gartley. And then mm-hmm. from Gartley at the moment, it's a bit it's a bit random. Um, but it's not far from Inch, you know.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So you can
0: either run down the road or you can pick up some of the, the
1: trails. So, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love when people do things like that, create trails so you can yeah, run the place. Yeah, create. <laughs> There's one uh, local to me like in a, a village called New Deer, um, and Maude, which is the next village along, is
4: yeah. you know, sort
1: of the hub of the Frome and Buckingham Way. That's the place where you can get to Maud from Dice. You can get to Maude from, TRADE, you can get to Maud from uh, Peterhead. I'm not sure why. In, back in the day, they thought Maud was the, the place <laughs> for the for, for the to world. go. Uh, yeah, because I mean, there's not, <laughs> not much in there's a mark. I suppose maybe that's has sort to of do with it. But um, yeah. someone, uh, they've created a trail off-road between New Deer and Mod, so you can now, in theory, well, not in theory, you could get from New Deer all the way to Dice or all the way to Fraserburn out off-road. That's so cool. It's like two miles between two villages, but instead of having to go on this pretty crappy road, to be honest, you've got to run between... You did the which i have done before without going the back road. If you want to go that way, you've got to go around this sort of couple of blind corners, a couple of blind dips on the road, which people drive really fast on. But that's just now taking out the
3: yeah.
1: You just you're five feet to the left of the road on this uh, beautiful mm-hmm. of, um, smooth path that they've made. You know, so it's cool yeah. And um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I love that you can run from Inch to Huntley because then you can go he yeah, this is crazy. Well, you can
0: do Ben and bin. the bin. I mean,
1: I'm mean, yeah, yeah. going to start the campaign yeah. to move the Crichton family, which I think that sounds cool.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, just yeah, so I can go on good.
1: some cooler trail runs. Yeah. yeah I, I if I mention the so trail runs. I think it's
0: running, endless, yeah. yeah. it's
1: brilliant over that way. So, yeah, and you mentioned the Karen Gorms as well. I, I want to do more of that. Um, uh, finding the, the time and the capacity to do that is difficult, fair. but... Um, I did, Do um, uh,
0: you honestly... The best way to do it, like I, for me, for the same reasons as you, is these ultra, ultra yeah. events, because ultra races tend to be trail. Mm-hmm. They're, you get a route that's well-supported, and you get to see cool stuff.
1: Yeah, So definitely. it's a brilliant so, place to start. The, um, yeah, I was going to say, when I was up in Abbeymore last year, I, I got a taste of... the. You know, some of the stuff around yeah. there man. you could spend <coughs> you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks and months oh aye absolutely trails up there it's amazing so yeah, uh, yeah all cool so uh, yeah we'll
0: just have to keep promoting your weekend runs because you guys you know you're pretty good at getting these little trail runs together yeah
3: and,
1: and we I'm can pla- I we'll some do some ones. other ones yeah I want yeah. some bigger ones I was at the, the, the 19 mile I was kind of mapping out and, a bit yeah. and I was it looks
3: yeah.
1: all very runnable. If it's anything like the coin circuit mm-hmm. I did, you know, it's Yeah, it's, it's good.
3: Really it's nice. It's lovely.
1: Shouldn't mm-hmm. be shouldn't be able to get lost, I <laughs> don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh so the cool. words. yeah, I no, I will definitely get lost after saying that. So yeah, um, Yeah, another couple of things I wanted to speak about with trail running so uh, I was gonna ask you as a massive advocate of trail running is um, what you think the benefits of trail running versus doing something like road running or doing your joints it's
0: yeah. on your bot. if you're going to do long distance I mean I go to a physio monthly and she is always like if I'm injured she will tell me to run on trail. Mm-hmm. and right enough. My recovery is always better when I'm running on a softer surface. It's just better. Um, but also mentally like I mm-hmm. mean I don't get me wrong I don't mind running tar. car I think it has its place you know like if I've had a long day and I finish work and like tonight I was busy so it was easy to go for a 10k but after working before this um, a, a not it's not so easy to do that on trail. So I think road mm. definitely has its place. Although I did yeah. find trail in my run, but um, as far as it, sort of your the benefits for your f- for your physical fitness, um, I think now I'm getting a bit older. <laughs> Trails are a bit nicer to my body, yeah. but I just love be- the freedom and the sights. Like I don't get bored. I don't have to look for cars. I get you know. A nice headspace, and when you get up high, you know you see some amazing things, and just being able to see the world from above sometimes is all you need to put things into perspective. Yeah. So and
1: pretty, there are there are various studies and, and that sort of thing that have been done around the benefits of spending time in um,
3: yeah like
1: the, the trees, you know, green spaces rather than yeah. Built-up spaces, you know, you get out for a walk at Definitely. lunchtime and walk around, um, you know, a bunch of office blocks, or run around the of office blocks versus the difference it makes to your stress levels if you do it yeah. in a green space. Apparently. Yeah. No. Yes. Uh, no, it yeah. It's as much, as much That's why
0: green spaces are protected. you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So.
0: But also speed. Um, I don't know. Like you get to a point, I suppose, where you start to feel if you're not improving all the time, you can get quite disappointed in your running, and I think that's that became quite apparent to me running on road. Like uh, it was became a bit of a, a struggle to keep that momentum going with my training. But if you're running different trails, you, you, you're never going to get the same time. You yeah. know, you can run a, you can run 20 10ks on dif- 20 different trails, and your times will be. It becomes irrelevant because mm-hmm. you can't compare them, and that, f- for me, was a bit of a a release because it meant that I didn't have to have that same pressure anymore, which yeah, made yeah. running more enjoyable.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that's a big a big factor. You know, how can you measure time when you're running up Benihi? <laughs> you know, you don't really.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a different kind of game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That that was. I mean, I kind of touched on a wee bit with my sort of spitting my. Tell me, I was chucking my toys out of the pram, and I didn't get to run my 10k race, and, I, and you know I went and entered. A, a, yeah. A, a, was a, but a, you it does know.
0: make you feel miserable, doesn't
1: it? Yes. Yeah, shit, So um, yeah. I think I've dealt with it okay in terms of you know I've not been. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can't run, for other reasons. I, I think. I've made the decision not to run because of,
3: yeah.
1: uh, and I, I really haven't wanted to run. I'm now getting a to where I, do, I mm-hmm. really do want to run, but I'm giving myself an extra few or three days probably, to make sure yeah. And that's the stage I'm, I'm getting annoyed about. It. I'm just annoyed that I missed my race that I trained for. That um, you know, and through the training I was putting, I was enjoying it, but I was putting pressure on myself to go mm-hmm. a particular time or this And then I thought, well. I could do that 55-mile race. I have got massive confidence of being able to do it. I've got yeah. very little idea of how long it will take me, you know. And uh,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and as you say, it's pretty irrelevant. I mean, I've got, got I've got an idea in my head of the sort of thing I'm yeah. looking at the results and that sort of thing. And based on what I did that 60-mile last year, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I'm go not going to
0: lie though. There's there's no other feeling when you're running downhill really mm. fast. It's yeah. like being five.
4: It's like being <laughs> a little
0: kid again.
4: Yeah, like it
0: awesome. is the biggest buzz ever. Like I'll, my favourite downhill is running from Ox and Craig down to the back of Benhee Car Park. Oh, it's a really awesome. easy trail.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No,
0: it's no technical running at all. It's mm-hmm. just smooth trail. And it's, you can go so fast. Yeah. You yeah. can go so fast, you don't even have to look. Yeah. You can fly. And yeah, it's, it's the cool. closest thing you can get.
1: I love yeah. that. It, it totally it's different. Just fun. Y- you sort of reminded me, So it's not trail running at all, but um, it's definitely running downhill fast. And so my, my um, 10k PB, was a Peterhead 10k? Which I'd avoided for years, because it's a Peterhead, it's always going to be bloody windy, it's in November, um, if you look at the course profile, it goes up, basically goes up for five k yeah. and down for five k. Um, and I thought, there's no way that's PB material, you know. But I ran um, the Glen Murray ten k, sort a few uh, three months or something, two months before.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: one of my club mates, who you know, he ran a lot. He was a bit ahead of me, and. Uh, you know, I was, I was pretty close with a PB at that race, and he, was, he said something like, oh, a Peterhead 10K is much easier, much faster than that course. And I was like, oh, looking at them having not yeah. done, I thought that would be the faster one. So it gave me a bit of something to aim for, and I thought, oh, well, yeah, I better have the Peterhead 10K anyway, so, yeah, maybe it could be a PB one, but it was, like, windy, really windy. So the first 5K running uphill into the headwind, basically, and, I mean, the, the pace I was hoping no, no. To, to run... I was absolutely miles away from it. So I'd I'd spent a year trying to run a sub-37 10K, and I'd 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 definitely been in sub-37 shape at a couple of races, but things had just gone against me. And I also wanted to run, like, 36-20. Although it was a big chunk under 37, but that was, like, to get my gold standard at my club. That was what I was shooting for. And uh, so I was, like, first and foremost I wanted to run under 37 minutes and then I wanted to see if I could get down to the closest to the start, 36.20 and so obviously to get 36.20 you need to run um, 18.10 for 5k the first half and I went right, I mean whatever the pace I was looking for a particular pace per kilometre and I was getting towards 5k and I was miles away from it, absolutely miles away from uh-huh. it oh well not today then you know, sub 37 isn't even happening today because I'm so far off the pace but I turned to 5k and it was like all of a sudden running downhill and wind on my back and I thought huh, that's all of a sudden so much easier <laughs> and I just I, I, I yeah. pushed the pace straight away you and fly. then and I got to 6k and I knew there was a little bump at 6k so I got to 6k up this little hill and then I knew from there I was downhill all the way to the finish and uh, I was like when I got to maybe, uh, maybe about 7K, I thought well, maybe sub 37 could happen here because it's, uh, you know, the paces came down significantly. I thought, right, I'm going to go after that. and I really, It really it spurred me on. And then I, I, looked, I got to 8K, I through the 8K mark, and I looked at my watch, and I was exactly seven minutes shy of 3620 with 2K to go. And I thought it basically would be like 5K PB pace. If I can run that 3:30k for 2k's, I'm going to get my gold standard, not let alone sub 37. Yeah. So I remember that last wee bit, just absolutely flying last kilometer. Um, <laughs> and I ran the yeah. last kilometer, last, ran the last kilometer in like three minutes 12, just chasing this. Oh. You know, finish. Line. I was in such it's the best race I've ever run in my life, and I was just totally flying. <clears throat> and you know able to close your race so quickly compared to what I'd run, you know, the kilometres I'd been yeah. running, I think, was, I think I may be one of the kilometres like four minutes and then the last one at 3.12, you know, that's how different it was and, and crossing the line was an amazing feeling, you know, I'd smashed this time out of the park and everything but, but that feeling of running and just feeling like
3: yeah. nothing's slowing me
1: down here, you know, because it's yeah.
3: perfect, yeah.
1: it's so good and I that was, it's not even, it wasn't not even like a steep hill at all but I suppose I had the wind in my back which made it faster but that, I know those bits of benefit mm-hmm. you're talking about as well, and in the benefit yeah. you know you run down some of those bits. And it's I mean, the first it's
0: amazing.
1: time I, that, I, I had to slow down. <laughs> I was chasing this guy in front of me, and I was at, I was I was a massive gap, and I closed the gap right down. I was just on his back, and I, and I started to feel sick. I'd just been running too fast, oh, no. you know, a bit, a bit jolting about downhill and uphill. Yeah, and I to that it was enough. quite rocky. I closed it, and I had to slow down. And then once we fl- once it flattened out, but I, I caught the guy sort of around a couple of bends. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. And, but the next year I did it. I, I remember having this awesome. Uh, two years later, mm-hmm. awesome uh, race with two other guys. You know, we, we were fighting out for ninth, tenth, and eleventh. And at some points I was ninth, and some I was tenth, and then I, I landed up eleventh in the end. I remember like the downhill. Not It's not technical, it's technical for a guy like me, you know, the rock, kind of rocky kind of bit that's still on the back. Yeah. Three of us just absolutely caving it down there and
0: it was just ace, fun. It. ace fun, ace yeah, fun, yeah, loved it. It's like being uh, a kid,
1: it's just like you oh, let go. Yeah, yeah, superb. So, so there uh, you go, there's yeah. the love. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, we'll have some more of that coming up, so I think <laughs> we've got a couple of things here that are on my show notes here to cover Ask the Coach and running stories. I think we maybe should wrap up because we've been recording. Yeah, that do, that we'll
0: do that next time. Do
1: that next time. And we need uh, to take
0: a course and we <clears throat> <in> can <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult when you've got such an interesting, entertaining oh, guest no.
0: that,
1: you know that oh, interview no. went on for, for for a bit longer than anticipated. So I think we'll wrap it up there. Um uh, are we are we exploring and plug? Well just I'm just gonna say check out the Facebook page that you'll find everything out on there uh with what we do and please do give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen and spread the word um to get get some more listeners. We got we definitely got a bit of a boost with um, the last episode um in terms of yeah. listeners and subscribers. So I hope I do more of that with these awesome guests that we've managed to, to get. But yeah, if you manage to um up the rating and that sort of thing it helps with attracting uh the guests. To come on, so that would be really appreciated, and apart from that, I hope you're running more than me, and I hope you're enjoying yourself <laughs> and training well, so we'll catch you next time
3: Yeah, we'll do, good to speak to you
1: <laughs> Thanks Jenny, we'll see you later Bye.